What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. And we are live yet again for another week of the DC crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. Mr. Simpson? We are. It's been a week since we last spoke. Well, I guess not last spoke uh, because I flood your phone with text messages all the time. It's okay. But uh, so far this past week... Did it go fast for you, or was it more of a slow type of week? Because for me, it was like a mix of both. Like one day would go really fast, and the next day it would just be like the slowest day on earth. So my fasting days went pretty slow. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's right. Monday and Wednesday. Did you step on the scale today? I did not. I'll step on it on Monday. Yeah, after your family dinner tonight? Uh, yeah, exactly. So like, I think I've avoided it this weekend because I didn't eat great yesterday. I told you yesterday we went to uh, Bites. Bites? Uh, wine and cheese bar or whatever. And, okay, uh, you got to give me your food review. Sure, sure. So Abby and I both got the same thing. We both got the Tostado, Tostado. which is like, uh, it's, well, so if, if you haven't been to Bites, it's, it's a grilled cheese place. So it's like a grilled cheese place. It's got like Leesburg. eight or nine different grilled cheese options. Um, and since it was our first time there, I wanted to stick relatively simple. Um, we didn't get the classic, which is just like your straight up grilled cheese. Instead, we got the Tostado, which had like a couple different cheeses plus a little bit of ham in there as well. You got to have a little meat in there. Um... So we both got that sandwich. I will say I finished it in probably about mm, maybe like 11 seconds. What about, uh, what about the uh, tomato soup? Did you get tomato soup? Classic. It was way too hot to get tomato soup. Really? Because yeah. it was like 100 degrees yesterday. Yeah, um, so, but I did get a, uh, a Crooked Run dr- uh, beer that I like drained in two seconds as well. So we had been walking for a little while. We parked a little far away. We, were, we walked pretty far. I was sweating. Yeah. Ordered my beer. Ordered the grilled cheese, got Abby some Doritos, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just starting to drench a little bit. And, like, people are – you know when you're so sweaty and, like, people are starting to look at you a little bit? Like, yeah. is this guy is this guy okay? Like, yeah. is he going to die right now? I was definitely getting some looks. There was, like, a couple sitting to the left of us. They, I mean, it was a guy and a girl, and, like, they looked like they had just, like, come out of – uh, you know, uh, an igloo or something. They looked great. Like they were like clearly. Oh, it's so beautiful outside. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm sitting there uh, sweating like away. You're on a beach. Uh, Thanos is snapping his fingers, and I'm melting. <laughs> 
And uh, it was it was not. I, I was Abby, and to her credit, like she asked multiple times. She's like, "I'm I'm sorry about this. Like, do you want to go?" Because like I was like I was having a problem. <laughs> like I was sweating so much that like it was an issue. Yeah. Um, but then the grilled cheese came. And I was like, well, no matter how sweaty I am right now, I got to eat the grilled cheese, yep. the Tostado. Um, delicious, I will say. It's like, it's like two, I guess it was like, it was like a big, it must have been a big piece of bread that they cut into fourths or something, yeah. or two sandwiches maybe. I don't know. Um, but it was, it was pretty damn good. I'll say. What kind of bread was it? Uh, just whatever the bread that they use. I oh, don't yeah. know what it is. Whole, uh, regular? Whole, regular bread. Whole grain. I don't know. I didn't ask for anything special. Just like, give me the tostado. Gotcha. Um, I'd say out of five, it's probably like a solid uh, three, seven, five out of five. Do we, do we rate it out of five or out of ten? If it's out of ten, then okay, it's a okay. seven. No, we do we do out of five, right? Yeah, three, seven, five out of five is what I would rate it. It was a pretty solid grilled cheese. I can make better. Um, but these were pretty delicious. I think I would like to... Adv- uh, take a little adventure around that menu a little bit more because yeah. I did have some intriguing options. The beer was great. I so hadn't, you just, you had, I hadn't had Crooked Road You went before. there blind. You, did, you didn't Fully look at... blind. Uh, no, no. I did peep. I, I peeped the menu a little bit. Okay. But I was also kind of like, I want it's a gut feeling for me. Um, gotcha. So I had that, had the grilled cheese, had the beer. We went home. On the way home, stopped at Dairy Queen, got my large blizzard with gotcha. chocolate, uh, with, sorry, large chocolate blizzard with M&M's and cookie dough. That's gotcha. the go-to. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, Good to know. I, tr- I wanted to drink more later that on Saturday night to, like again, put back all the calories in my body that I lost with those that, fasting days. That's right. But I was so full Gotta from replenish. the ice cream and the grilled cheese that I couldn't even drink beer. Because <laughs> like, I had like Bud Lights in the fridge, and it's like, those are kind of filling if... Yeah. if if, if, you're, if you're that full, I couldn't even drink beer. I just was chugging water the rest of the night. It was really? kind of a boring Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, was, yeah, yeah. Last night, I mean, because you mentioned that you went to Bites last night. Me and Jen went to this place called, like, Los Tios or something like that. Los Tios. I, I mean, and, and Jen started, I Googled it, and it didn't look like there were a lot of good reviews, <laughs> I will say. What's the, what's, what's the uh, review count on there? Um, is there, is there, pull it up. Did you go on Yelp or something, or is it on? Well, I had just gone to the main, main page of Google, and oh. it immediately had taken me to um, the bad reviews. Some reviews on Los Tios, and here there was like it was like one star, one oh. star. We've been coming to this place for a couple of years, but after tonight, I feel like I'm done. Their large margarita is now the size of the small, but they charge the same price: a hundred dollars for two mediocre meals and three small margaritas. Hundred wow. bucks. So it's yeah. expensive, too. Huh? Well, that's the thing is that Jen was like, I want to have a – put it this way. You know how you always say – you know, you say we, we're not trying to cuss, but we say the S word all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I might, I might have to start cussing on here and just bleep it out. It just yeah, makes okay. more work. Um, sure. But anyways, as, you, as you know for editing as well. Mm. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Trust me. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so – What did you get? What did you get? I'm looking at their menu. I got a, uh, the, the Huevos Rancheros. Solid. What is that? Just the eggs or whatever? It's basically like two – like flattened, I don't know. It was like too flat. I never got it before, but it's like it's too flattened out, like uh, hard taco kind of things, like hard shell. Oh, two crispy corn cor- tortillas okay. covered with fried beans, ranchera sauce, and melted cheese topped with two fried eggs. I mean, that sounds pretty damn good. It, it sounded all right. The, the problem is, is that they said refry, re, re, refried beans, yeah. and the problem is when you look at refried beans anywhere else, you know, sure. it's, it's kind of like basically it's like goop. Yeah, it is, but it it's tastes goop. good. Yeah, so everyone knows. Okay. But this one was like legit actual beans. It was like beans. Yeah, I've, I've had that before too. It was yeah. like beans, and then like 
the like like I don't even know. I'm not a fan of the actual beans. I don't mind the goop. Yeah, I don't like eating the actual beans. Yeah, well, because uh, isn't refried beans basically stuff that's supposed to be like blended up? Yeah, it's supposed to be goop. <laughs> and I started I started looking at. It, I was like, I mean, I guess I'll eat it and stuff like that. And I wasn't too hungry at what that. What did Jen get? She get tacos. She, she got fajitas. Fajitas. Okay, that's a good and choice. She, and she said her rating. She's. I think she said she gave it a five and a half out of ten. And wow, it's a low score. And the funny I thought you were saying five out of and a half out of five. No, I was like, no, oh. I, I gave it a four and a half out of five, or a four and a half out of ten. Oh, ten. Um, and I started laughing because I told Jen. I said, I looked at her and I was like, "Why? Why did we come in here?" And she's like, "Wait, you wouldn't come here ever again?" And I said, "No." She's like, well, "Why don't you get uh, the, the the crappy uh, Mexican food?" Uh, you know, obviously you want to say the other word, yeah. but uh, why don't you get the crappy Mexican food? And I said. Uh, or we need a place for that. And I said, we we just paid fifty bucks for this, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's and it's crappy. So what, what's there's the point? so much better Mexican food options know. In, that Seriously, are closer. There's so there. many options. You guys there. need to go to my my spot, Senor Tequila. You have to go to Senor Tequila's. Yeah. I'm telling you, go there, get the tacos chilangos. You will never <laughs> tacos, ever. You will never ever like need another Mexican place after that. Because that's the thing is you like I want to go there or Taco Bamba. Have you ever been to Taco Bamba? Never before? heard of it. Dude, where's that at Ashburn? Uh, no, there's uh, there's one in Fairfax and there's one in um, uh, Vienna. Vienna. So it's a little a little bit of a hike, but I'm Yikes. telling you, um, Taco Bamba's great. Senor Tequila's. Well, is I great. told her I said let's go to Anita's because I've never been to Anita's. Okay, before. Anita's is I've pretty never, good. Never too. been there. I've always yeah. passed by a yeah. million of them, but I've yeah, never yeah, been yeah, there. Yeah. And uh, I know some good burritos. I, yeah, I know of three locations of them. They have one in Leesburg. There's one. I can't believe you guys went to Ashburn. Los Tios. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid you, Los Tios. What were you well, thinking? She, well, she said because we were driving. She's like, I want to try some place new or whatever. I said, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I said, let's go to Anita's. We've never been there. There's so a like, billion places around here. She, you went all the way to Leesburg. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, and she said that she wanted to uh, try Anita's during breakfast, something like that. And I said, okay, whatever. What did, I thought you guys went at like seven o'clock at night. Yeah. Oh yeah. She, well, yeah. Anita's breakfast burritos are yeah, there. That's, that's why she yeah, said yeah, she wanted to go there during. So I was like, okay, whatever. And I said, you know, just pick wherever you want to go. She's like, you want sushi? And I was like, no, thank you. Oh, hell no. And uh, I've had sushi a couple of times. I'm like, own shoe. Yeah. <laughs> I've had sushi a couple of times, and it's not my favorite. No. But, you know, I love rice, but I don't like rice with, with raw fish. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, she wanted to go there, and I was yeah, you like. You can't convince me that eating something that's not cooked is better than eating something that's cooked. Yeah. The, the, well, the, the funny thing was, too, is that I literally told her um, that. I didn't finish my plate there, yeah. so that's wow. a sign. That's a surprise. Like even Jesus. when I was a kid, I finished my plate. Even no if matter I, was. I, I'm with you, even if I'm not loving what I'm eating at a restaurant, I'm not just like leaving food on the plate. Yeah, because you're paying for it. Exactly. And, and, and there, I, she was like, "Do you want the rest of your rest of your beans or something like that?" I said, "No." Or it was like rest of my plate. I guess yeah, she, was, yeah. she was like, and I was like, "No." She's like, "Here, just scoop it in the to-go box." And I said, "Have at it." Yeah. Like I just, I'm like, and when she said like, "You're never gonna come back here again," I was just like shook my head because I didn't want to ruin her night. No, no, because she, because she was. Like why? Why are you trying to ruin my night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm, I didn't. She was trying to branch out. I said, yeah, I no, didn't no, say no. anything. I didn't say yeah. anything. It was that's like, one of those visits where you take you, you guys go home and you go, hey, I'm going to run out and fill my car with some gas, <laughs> and you stop by Taco Bell or yeah. something like or, that, eat some real Mexican yeah, food, or you go to the gas station, then you go to the, there's a there's a Shell station right over yeah. here, Lansdowne uh, Lansdowne Plaza or whatever. I think you might have been there before, and probably uh, they have like these roller like the roller uh, the heater rollers. With the, with the ketos and stuff. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have like five, seven different kinds yeah, or whatever that's it is. That's when you get some and of those. It's yeah. like a dollar a piece whenever I go to that gas station yeah. to pick up. Like I want to branch out to some different Mexican restaurants. <laughs> How about we go to the gas station? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the gas station, get some taquitos. But, yeah. uh, I did see Taco Bell, the recent commercials about the new nachos they have there. Yeah. Where it's like the, the, you, the $5 nacho box. You can get it at Taco Bell now where it's just like 
just a bunch of chips, meat, everything, all just like how they have the nachos now. But like this is a box, a giant box of them. So, well, that's the problem with Taco Bell is I always go with a value menu because you have to yeah. go with that. Because yeah. I mean, look at the com- a lot of the commercials they're doing now is, is saying Taco Bell value menu because they're trying yeah. to get people to go there because of the, all the items they have in the value menu now. But also, did you see about the Taco Bell uh, hotel? That they're making. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't. I didn't know where the location is, but they said they're they're creating a Taco Bell themed well, the, hotel. They have the cantinas now. The Taco Bell cantinas yeah, where you Vegas. can drink. Yeah. Not just Vegas. There's one oh, in really? Old Town Alexandria. Oh, really? There's one in D.C. No, they've got them just not around our area, but they have them downtown. Where yeah, it's a Taco Bell with a bar. You can get margaritas. It's and a great stuff mixture. Like that. Taco Bell and depressants. I mean, <laughs> can you believe? Can you believe like having? Beer and margaritas with Taco Bell. I mean, yeah. it's it's incredible. I mean, I definitely I definitely want to try that because everyone knows it's 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 crappy food. Oh yeah, of course. But at the same time, you you know you like it. Like it's yeah. it, it's it's the funny thing is because there's so many options on there mm-hmm. and it's so quick to make that everyone's like, okay, I'll just get what I like there or whatever yeah. it may be. Like I'm not I like. I'm not gonna, again. I'm not going to trash Los Tios, but even though they're already getting trashed, they're not going to listen to this. Show. Uh, but <laughs> but it's it's funny to me because like no joke, like it was just it was a that's t- disappointing. Yeah, like because it, it's prob- risky when you try a new place. It yeah. can be very it, very. She risky. got I forgot what these things were called. I don't they were, I don't think they were taquitos or something like that. I forgot exactly what they were. They might have been taquitos, but they were they were not as big as the ones at Shell yeah. Station. Um, of course, but, but they were like the ones that are like this big or something like that. Yeah. And she said like usually it's like chicken and like cheese or something like that inside of it, but it had like. A pepper or something else. And I told Jen, I said, I'm not, I'm not using it. She's like, just See, pick, she said, just pick it out. I said, you're not going to pay $10 for an appetizer and start picking everything off of it. No, like, no. no. So I was, I was. No, I, I remember when we went to Old Town Alexandria for the weekend, we had gone to this restaurant, Virtue Feed and Grain, which is like this pretty famous restaurant down there. And I got tacos from there that I thought were going to be good. It was like barbecue, like tacos. They were terrible. Really? They were god awful. So it was a kind of similar deal where I was sitting there and I, like, I didn't want, you know, Abby to be upset. I mean, even though I'm the one who chose the restaurant. Yeah. I didn't, but like, it was kind of just like, well, we're just going out to eat. But it was kind of the whole time I'm like, man, this is a bad, this was a bad choice. Like this food sucks. Yeah. And we're not in a, in a type of power position where we can just be sending stuff back. Yeah. We can't be like, this was terrible. Get me something new. That's another thing too, is that when like with, with guys like us or who are just regular old people and stuff like that, yeah. that we don't really like, we know what we like and that's what we're going to go for. So it's like, we go to a place, and typically, you know, I would say eighty-five percent of the time, we're gonna like whatever yeah. we have. And even it, if we don't love it, it's food. we're gonna like it. Yeah, it's, it's food. It, yeah. It's food. But then you look at it, and, and you're like, okay, this place. When I don't, when you don't like it, it's just like, man, this just sucks. It's rough. Like it's when, a rough time. when you when you find a place that sucks, it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's you know, it doesn't suck. I had for lunch today. I had because we went to the grocery, and then I got uh, the move is on Sunday. You go to the grocery a little bit before lunch. Get all the stuff you need, and then fo- then you grab a like a frozen meal out of the freezer section. That's what you're going to eat later when you get home for lunch. True. So I got the one of the those devour meals. Um, uh, they're called devour, and I got it was a uh, buffalo chicken mac and cheese ah devour meal, and it was it was. Um, pretty incredible. I've gotten it before. Yeah. Um, it wasn't my first rodeo with the Devour Meal, but they've got – that's a pretty good – so I've, I've floated around through a few different frozen uh, meal – uh, companies over the years, yeah. you know, you know, you're, you got your Stouffer's yeah. with their mac and cheese and stuff like that. Hungry man's still around. Hungry man's still around. Um, they they've got stuff, but it's really they've really got your lean free. cuisines and stuff, yep. of course. And good. then there was uh, there was a brand I went to for a while that had kind of healthier meals. I forget what they were called, um, 
But then, uh, but I saw recently Devour, and I was like, this looks pretty good. I know it's not going to be great for me, but this looks pretty yeah. good. And I got the buffalo chicken. I'll tell you, it's one of the best. I always go for, in that had. situation, I always go for uh, usually Lean Cuisine because you can get like four for five mm-hmm. bucks or whatever the heck the deal is. You're right. Four yeah. for ten or something like that. Yeah. And I always go for like uh, the white cheddar mac and cheese. Ooh. Yep. yep. Um, or, uh, always a good move. Of course, I'm thinking of, I'm going mind blanking right now what else they have but they, yeah they, they, they oh uh, uh fettuccine alfredo mm-hmm. is good yeah um, abby gets these brand it's called amy's they make a lot of different stuff and it's like healthier frozen uh meals but they've got some pretty solid one they've got like a pesto tortellini one they've got a lot of mac and cheese ones yeah. stuff like that they've got like organic mac and cheese which yeah. actually it just tastes like mac and cheese like it's like oh yeah this is healthy <laughs> for you whatever yeah um but yeah, it's uh, I'm my plan is to after dinner tonight to fast until tomorrow night dinner. So I'll do a twenty four hour fast okay. starting tonight. Okay. Um, so probably dinner around six. And you got to let uh, me know how you weigh in. Yeah, I'm expecting you to be down a couple pounds. Yeah. A couple pounds is really all I'm expecting. Only pulled out a couple twenty four hour fasts throughout the week. You know what the funny thing is, like back in the day, I used to be able to like le- legit eat like three granola bars in like two days. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. just not care because I'm telling you, the, Wednesday was the roughest one. Monday I was okay. Wednesday yeah. I was dying. Because the thing about it is that you can literally when I was that age, like it was like middle school, like yeah. you know, some high school even sometimes. Like if you're playing sports, you're doing whatever. You know, you're, you're too. You know, yeah. you're also chugging water and different stuff like mm-hmm. that. But the thing about it is that you're, you know, you're you're too busy. But now it's well, like, that's the thing. Yeah, because you're going to school and you're in class all day, starting at like seven in the morning. Then you got to go to practice after work, after school. Yeah. And then by the time you get home, it's like eight o'clock. And yeah. you're like, well, I got to do my homework. Because well, you had, yeah, because you had you had a different schedule than I did. Because yeah. I, I went to high school at nine a.m. Yeah, that's and, crazy. And it, it, it's, I was in I was in class by seven twenty. <laughs> yeah, you're already done with your first it's, period. It's freaking um, terrible. Did you guys have blocks or did you have eight periods? Uh, we had uh, we had I guess we had blocks because we had, yeah it was we, blocks. We had four per per, per day. Yeah, so okay. we only had like we had like four per day, and then there was one. I don't that know you if had, it was like a statewide thing. It was or like a it was like three thing. or four long classes, and then you had one class that you had every single day of the week. Really? Yeah, yeah, huh. or something huh. like that, or it rotated. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because well, we had we had A days and B days, stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah, we had that because I didn't know if it was a statewide thing. But anyways, so like I hated doing that because like because what time did you guys have practice? Uh, I think like we got out by like was it immediately after school? It was it, yeah, it was it was pretty much. It was, it was like you had like an hour until practice started, so which was no time really. Like you weren't going to really go home and hang out. So a lot of the time I, me yeah. and a couple other guys we would just stay and like throw before practice and then get changed. Yeah, yeah cuz we his, sucked. Well, for our practice basketball we had it immediately. We had games pretty much right after cuz freshman year freshman games were like four o'clock. Yeah. And all the varsity and stuff is later, but uh, freshman year, uh, you had to literally, it was like, all right, school finished up like an hour and a half and ago. <laughs> like, you had to get ready for the game. Yeah, it's like, well, this sucks. Yeah, yeah, because when we started games at nine, we ended up having, uh, or it started uh, school at nine, we ended up getting out of school about 348. Mm-hmm. And it just sucked because our practice would start at 430. And like yeah. once you're getting out of class, you're getting your books or whatever. You're you know you're you're going to the locker room or, or whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. and then you have to get changed, and then you have to line up, and then if you're late, everyone starts yelling at you. And and uh, we practiced um, uh, at the uh, at the, at the middle school, and we had to run down uh, Algonquian Parkway <laughs> to get to get to the middle school because that was where the path was. 
And because uh, obviously around here in Northern Virginia, they have, and, and I guess you say the DMV, they have no idea how to make a bridge or anything yeah. of that nature. No, of course. From, to go to Virginia to Maryland or even just to go from Potomac Falls to River Bend Middle School uh, oh. and cut through the, like, the 10 foot of woods they have there. We have to go all the way around yep. the streets. So I, I a funny story real quick about that is my, my uh, coach, he was uh, kind of a moron. He ended up uh, getting pulled over, I think, twice <laughs> uh, from River Bend to Potomac Falls, which is legit like yeah. 10 feet away from I'm each other. I'm not surprised. Like literally, he got pulled over in his in his uh, his nice. I think it was an Audi or something like that. And then he got pulled over in his Ducati 10, 1080 or ten ninety or whatever the hell it is. Um, and he got pulled over twice. At one time, I was actually in the car with him because he actually said, "Yeah, I'll drive you" or something like that. Because I think I might have been hurt or something at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, "Yeah, I'll drive you." And I got pulled over with him. I'm in the car. Nice. He's like, That's... he's like, who is this? Who, like, the officer was like, who is this guy? I was like. I, I'm just yeah. going to practice, sir. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Should have made something up, got him in trouble. Like, yeah. I don't know this guy. He just picked me up off the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, I was walking home. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was pretty funny. That's but funny. That was, it was just such a stupid practice yeah. because, like I said, uh, you know, the games were nice because you can go home for like you said, like an hour for us or something like that for varsity yeah. games. Uh, we can go home for an hour, come right back. I'd go home, I'd eat a couple bowls of spaghetti, and then uh, head on back. And then, and then, but then, like for practice, it just sucked because like yeah. you went straight from you know sitting in class all the time to all of a sudden now having to get up and actually go do a lot of active stuff and you're just like okay it's kind of hard to get up and go for that situation no it's terrible um, i don't know how we went from fasting to high school practices yeah, you know it is what um, it is but uh let's oh, get this show on the road let's do it this is going to be a kind of a truncated episode kind of like last week not as much food talk even though we just did 20 minutes of it um pretty much but um last uh or last week we said we're gonna have rashad mobley on the 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 I guess you can say a separate episode uh, for this week. Right now, we're having some complications with him. He's actually in Baltimore, stuck in Baltimore. He hates us. Um, yeah, so we'll have to see if we can get him <laughs> on to this week or possibly next week. We'll have to see. Uh, stay tuned to Twitter. I've been tweeting out at Surround16 if you want to check that out, and uh, and I'll keep you updated on that uh, with the talks with Rashad. Maybe we'll get him on this week. So if you see the episode, it'll be right below this one. Um, but again, we're going to talk about uh, the Redskins. Dwayne Haskins was on Big Ten Network talking about some plays. Uh, and different stuff uh, against a nice high. I can't even talk. A nice high pri- high profile. Ho- I don't know. A nice, nice high profile. Yeah, high profile. There oh, you there go. You go. Okay. Uh, school. <laughs> yeah, I can't even talk. Um, the school in Michigan with uh, Devin Bush, who got sure. drafted in the top ten as well. Uh, a nice little uh, play diagram that he was doing on the Big Ten Network, uh, and this was going to be on uh, the Sports Junkies at 106.7 The Fan. Some audio from them we're going to talk about here soon. But then also we're going to talk uh, briefly about the Wizards, obviously, because we're going to have a shot on, and then also uh, have a little Nats discussion as well okay. as we're starting to have some players get back in the fold, and then we're going to end the show with the Pine Pony Express. But anyways, Mr. Simpson, let's get this show on the road. Let's do it. That's a clown question, bro. And they're not even called Reese's Pieces. They're called Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. They're pieces of Reese's. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello? You play to win the game. 
Hello and welcome to the DC Crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. On the mics today, Mr. Mike Sarone and Mr. Ben Simpson, as always, for the DC Crossover. The DC Crossover will be crossover all four major sports teams in the Washington, D.C. market as long as they're in season or news is happening. So, Ben... Today, we're going to briefly talk about Dwayne Haskins and the Washington Redskins and briefly talk about the Washington Wizards. Obviously, if we have a shot Mobley on uh, either this week or next week, we'll see. We're trying to figure out schedules here because the weekends are tough lately. And then also, we're going to round out today with the Washington Nationals, who have kind of surged a little bit, kind of not, uh, but they are getting more healthy, which is nice. So that's a good thing. But let me welcome you into this show, Mr. Simpson. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing a lot better than the Portland Trail. Blazers, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's right. Damian Lillard, you see, he has like separated ribs or something yeah, like that. I watch. I've watched. I will say, and uh, before we start uh, the 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 DC sports talk, I will say I've watched every game of every series so far for the conference finals. I've yeah. seen all three Warriors uh, Blazers games, and I've seen the two Bucks Raptors game. It's been pretty entertaining. Yeah. Now, last night was it was one of those things, especially when you're watching the Warriors and Blazers play. This has happened twice now. The Blazers have like a 15-point lead, and you just go, just wait. The Warriors are going to come back in this game, and they did it the last two games, dagger. Yeah. I, they're clearly going to take that series within the next game or so. and then. But I will say, look out tonight, if you're listening to this on Sunday, before the uh, Bucks raptors game. That series could get interesting. I'm thinking the Raptors might make a comeback in that. Um, that'd be nice to see the 2-0 right now, Bucks. Hey, that'd, that'd be Bucks nice Warriors would be fun. I, I would love to see the Bucks go in there. The Bucks are a very good team, yeah. uh, but the Warriors are also very, and very I'm good. Hearing my, a boy, lot of, my boy Draymond Green. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of flack from, uh, about the Bucks from just regular fans who aren't fans of the Bucks saying, like, oh, they're, they're going to be swept by the Warriors. I don't know, man. I mean, you got one of the top three players in the you league. Got and you got a bunch of role players. You got Middleton. Which, you've got Lopez, I mean, who's playing out of his mind. Yeah. You've got Bledsoe, who's a real tough guy, and he, he's going to try to shut down Curry yeah. um, using his muscles. So, I mean, that could be – and then, they, like you said, they've got role players. That could be interesting. Yeah. Um, so, But we're going to start with uh, shifting gears a little bit into the football season. We're still a little far away, but we'll get there. <laughs> it's the Washington Redskins. He's back. Adrian Peterson is going to help him. Look at the 33-year-old Adrian Peterson. A 90-yard touchdown. And with that comes history for A.D. All day. Kessler's going to go down. This time, Jonathan Allen is around his legs. Six sack. He has started every game. The second-year player out of Alabama. There you go. John Allen and Mr. A.D. all day, Adrian Peterson, as always. And it's going to be a fun season here, Mr. Simpson, because overall, uh, well, now we got a new quarterback on the roster. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, and uh, we also heard some audio, which we will get to in a minute, on uh, the junkies, the sports junkies on 106.7 The Fan uh, about Dwayne Haskins. And he was on the Big Ten Network, and he was breaking down some plays as at his time in Ohio, at Ohio State, uh, especially the, the, some plays uh, against Michigan where Devin Bush, a top-ten pick, uh, was playing against him on the defensive end. And uh, basically, uh, I was impressed. And I'm yeah. honestly secretly, or secretly very uh, pretty much psyched right now because uh, – Honestly, hearing that stuff, just hearing how intelligent he is, his football IQ, and hearing it over top of the microphones is just something spectacular to hear because, you know, we always have the, the, the notions of, I mean, look at what Kyler Murray, everyone's saying that he's terrible 
in the interview rooms or uh, breaking down plays, and they're saying he's just a great athlete. You know, we heard, we heard before that was with RG3. Everyone said RG, RG3 is a great athlete. You know, he slings the rock around, all this kind of stuff, whatever it may be, but they never really said. I mean, he broke down some plays, but it didn't sound like this, which we will get to here in a second uh, with Dwayne Haskins. So the, the premise of this is you have yet to hear this audio, correct? That's correct. So the good thing is, is that I'm going to have you uh, see your reaction. I'm going to have you after this 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 uh, this this audio. Sure. I'm going to have you react to it and see what you think because obviously, uh, you know, you're a Big Ten guy as well, a Michigan State guy. So you yep. follow some Michigan State football as well. So you saw Dwayne Haskins a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it, it, the thing about it is, is you know, we're all kind of skeptical about Dwayne Haskins because of the sole fact that they got the, all the rookie quarterbacks that went, which we will get to after the audio as well. Uh, but, you know, him getting passed up by the New York Giants was a big tell. So everyone was kind of like Dwayne Haskins was the number one rated quarterback overall uh, in a bunch of people's boards. Uh, but he got picked third out of the three QBs and dropped to the Redskins at 15. So let's hear this audio real quick. This is Dwayne Haskins on the Big Ten Network. Uh, this is right now on the Sports Junkies this past week. I, I love it. I when love he's all going through stuff. all the all the game film. So right. the first clip has to do with one of his particular throws, and then the next clip is about how he developed into a pocket passer. Here is the first clip talking about one of his throws. Michigan, you guys go right down, score a touchdown. Take us through the reads. What do you call this play? Is it a play you run a lot? We got man coverage right here to the field. And then we have one high safety, and we got like an in-and-out coverage to the boundary. So the guy on the point has a tight end, and the guy over here has the first person outside, and the guy over here has the first person inside. But we're running this mesh concept, so the 28 has to cover Olave across the field, and he already is in a trail position. So at this point, we have like a six-man protection, running backs in protection. Yeah, I need the mic because he liked to blitz Bush a lot so because he's a, he's a good pass rusher. So we, we pick up him in protection, six-man pro, beautiful pass protection. Have all day in the pocket, and then at that point, 28 is trailing Olave, four three kid from Cali, so he's out. Freeze right there. Look at that. Yeah, I mean he is the only <laughs> only person on that half of the field. Coach Day says a lot about this throw. It's the quality of the throw. Like if I throw the ball behind Chris right here, 28 can catch up and tackle him for a gain of eight yards instead of it being a touchdown. That is Dwayne Haskins. Now, there's a bunch of different clips that they played. We're going to play that one. It's basically more of the same for the most part overall. But really, when you're looking at that, Ben, you you could just see how Dwayne Haskins knows exactly what's going on with the plays, uh, knows what he's talking about with coverages, and especially what he learned from uh, scouting. I mean, obviously, you know, you have a week just like the just like the NFL roster. Uh, but the thing is, you're playing different teams. Uh, and obviously, you know, his first year and his only year, pretty much uh, starting quarterback at Ohio State, uh, you know, he is – it's kind of like a good thing for him to come into the to the Redskins organization, and then you play a lot of the same players because they have different they have contracts and different stuff like that. They're not one and dones, or obviously not one and done in college because they need three years, but they're not rotating players left and right, all that kind of stuff. So you you, you see and hear that the scouting for Dwayne Haskins was a, a like you know was on point. Obviously, Ohio State's you know personnel really helped them out with that, like their coaching staff. But you see them in the NFL now. And know, and you know that he can do it. So what are your thoughts on that short clip, about a minute and a half clip that we heard? Yeah, I think one of the things that Redskins fans are looking for 
in this entire kind of quarterback debacle that it's been recently is just confidence. Yeah. Um, and uh, some and, and and confidence not only coming from the quarterback but also confidence in your quarterback if you're the fan base because you know Alex Smith was one of those guys that yeah I think when he was when he was playing it was one of those things where yeah I, I, you know you had you had confidence in his in yeah. his abilities he'd been around the block a little bit um, you know Kurt was Kirk was one of those things that you oh, know, did you do the Kurt yeah I almost did the the, the Bruce Allen Kurt uh, <laughs> Kirk was one of those guys who. Uh, you know, you had confidence in him as, at points, and then that kind of waned the more that he stayed here and the more he was kind of making bad decisions and things like that. So, you know, especially for such a young quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, you know, that's kind of what you're looking for is can this guy grasp this offense pretty quick? Is he going to be able to kind of read NFL coverages, not college coverages, but yeah. NFL coverage? Um, and is he going to be able to make those sort of adjustments? Now, you know, what I will say is let's not look too much into – the clips um, there because you know for a fact that he know he knew and his people must have told him look this is this is a, this is a soundbite that's going to be looked at to make sure that you know to make you sound good that you know what you're talking about so yeah. I'm sure he had plenty of time to study that tape and okay I know True. what I'm saying blah 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 but I will say that the guy from not only that clip but from other things and things like that he he knows the position well. He's a smart guy, um, and he's a very confident guy, which is actually kind of not a bad thing uh, for the Redskins. They kind of need a guy with a little bit of an edge and a little yeah. bit of cockiness and things like that. Well, so, that's, that's also yeah. the thing to, to add to what you just said, that they're probably saying, hey, the, any sound bit right here, anyone could take and, and, and think of their own ways or think of their own opinions mm-hmm. to put it. And Kyler Murray, though, had the exact same thing. People in his yeah. ear saying the same thing, and he looked like well, garbage. Well, you're exactly right. So, so, no, and that's a fair. That's a really good point in that um, when, as you said, any type of public appearance that Kyler Murray, Murray had, um, he came across pretty terribly. Like, yeah. he was not – he did not um, get uh, – you know, <laughs> he did not really come across well at all. So, yeah. it was uh, – you know, then you have with Dwayne Haskins, it's kind of the opposite. So I, I do think that he has looked good. Um, he has sounded well. I think he comes across. I mean, he's young. He's young. Yeah. We'll kind of see how this plays out here, especially um, with the fact that once we enter camp and things like that, that I still think there is a chance that he has a starting job week huh. one. I think there's still a chance. Um, and I'm not the only one that thinks that. I think a lot of people are putting it at a pretty low percentage, but um, I think at this point, you know, what do the Redskins have to lose, really? I mean, I know you don't like hurting a guy's confidence right off the bat, especially if he does struggle, which you, you may if you're in the NFL for the first time. But... I think if you want to bring in the fan base and you want to bring ticket sales, which is kind of what it's about as well, and I think you bring in this guy and let him have a shot. So, we'll, yeah. but we can talk about that aspect a lot later yeah. when we get closer. But yeah, I like I like the clip too. People love hearing the geeky side of things for hey, sure. It, the, the, for to, I mean, to me, that's the biggest thing that I looked at is when I you know heard as you said the geeky side. It's kind of nice to see that because you don't hear the ins and outs uh, you just see like you know what's on twitter or what's on social media of him just you know chucking the rock around but seeing as you know we saw some video of him in rookie minicamp and then you hear something like that come out which like you mentioned yes it's it could be a little stage a little bit uh you know a little not as well at some point but 
to me, it's like I hear that kind of stuff, and to me, it, it just kind of gets me a little psyched because of the sole fact that it's like you have a quarterback now that you know can actually go out there and produce on the field uh, with his knowledge base. And that's why you're – I mean, you're looking at, uh, for instance, the, the rookie quarterbacks. Now, I mean, Daniel Jones on ESPN was the sixth, sixth mm-hmm. best quarterback, and he was taken second. So, you know, that's obviously a, kind of a reach in my opinion. Uh, but you had Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke after that as well. I mean, you just had guys that went in here that you don't hear, uh, you know, like, like I said, Kyler Murray, you don't hear the, those, those type of guys come out there and, and have that type of uh, know-how. Because we've heard of, of Dwayne Haskins' IQ because mm-hmm. of, of what he did at Ohio State and, you know, the, the, the good things that Urban Meyer said about him and, and scouts left and right uh, in, in the meetings. And everyone said he had good meetings as well. So, honestly, I'm just, I'm just – I wanted to hear your thoughts on that because I'm just, I'm just really pumped just hearing that. Uh, and I was kind of skeptical in my own opinion at, at first when we got him. Uh, obviously, I said if we're going to go quarterback, that's the guy I want. Uh, and I also told you in a text before that, uh, you know, if we're going to go quarterback later in the rounds, I want a Will Greer. Uh, but, you know, he, he went third round, which is what the round I thought he was going to go in anyways. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was hoping that the Redskins could get him. But that was pre-Montez Sweat, uh, you know, draft or, excuse me, uh, trade. Uh, so, obviously, they didn't have a third-round pick. Or they did have a third-round pick. It was never mind. Uh, <laughs> just forget I ever said that. But, uh, anyways, I just wanted to let you know and yeah. let you hear that clip. There's some more clips on there that are actually is actually good. But to go back to your real quick point of uh, you want someone that's confident, at the end mm-hmm. there you just heard that, the guy, I don't, I don't know who was interviewing him, said, you know, uh, you, know you, you saw pressure there or something like that. Um, or actually, that might have been a diff- different clip. Anyways, I'm all out of, out of sorts right now but because there's all there's six or seven clips I heard last week about That's him. Fine, yeah. Uh, but there's one clip. If you do want to listen to it, you can go back and listen to yeah, the Junkies podcast exactly. uh, from uh, from what day? I think, was, I think it was Thursday. Thursday's, Thursday's episode, they'll talk about that. Yeah, because they, they also had a clip on there about protections, and he said that, uh, he worked a lot with his dad and, and worked in high school and, in Pop, and all the way since Pop Warner about protections. And he did all a bunch of different drills and stuff like that. And they said that in the Michigan game that they tried to pressure him so many times. Uh, and, they, and the guy was like, why didn't you just look down at the pressure? And, and you, you're looking at downfield. He said, well, I have to look downfield uh, because I can feel the pressure. I don't have to look for it and look at protections, different stuff like that, uh, which was good. And he, he, there was a really big confidence uh, clip at the very end of that one. Uh, that said, um, you know, they can't pressure me because I can feel it and I get the ball out oh, yeah. quick. You know, people love this so. stuff. I mean, when John Gruden was doing TV, they would always do that little thing. He'd do that kind of quarterback breakdown yeah. um, with one of the quarterbacks, uh, with the younger guys. I think they, they would sometimes do that for ESPN where they'd have him kind of, here's the play, let's talk yeah. through this. and Quarterback um, camp, yeah. Yeah, quarterback camp. So they would do that with Gruden. And, and, I mean, it's just it's one of those things where it just makes you appreciate, again, how – much more that position as quarterback entails beyond just throwing a football. I mean, there's exactly. so much that goes into it with, you know, play execution, reads, reading the defense, reacting to what's happening. Here's option A if things everything goes right. Here's option, you know, F when things are screwing up. I mean, you've got all these different reads that you have to make while making sure that the defensive guy doesn't rip your effing head off. So, you know, that's one of the things. So, you know, Haskins is going to be in a real – I mean, that's – they, they, you could talk about it, but you know that's the most important position on the football field. That is the quarterback, and, and we've seen that with the Redskins have struggled with that position over the years. You had the guy that wasn't struggling in Alex Smith who breaks his leg. Um, you know you had Kirk Cousins who you know 
at times was great, at times was pretty bad, and that's why he had to leave. Was it, they, there was no confidence in that position anymore. If you've got a guy like Dwayne Haskins, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of trepidation as well with him being so young. He's cocky. We'll, we'll see kind of what happens there. Yeah. Um, but I, I, what I do want to caution Redskins fans as well is, Ooh, caution. is, you know, there's a lot of, when, you know, and it's not on the, the fans. It's more of on the media. But, you know, a guy like Dwayne Haskins, there's a lot of different articles that come out about, um, oh, he spent all this money, his first NFL paycheck on this nice car. Or, oh, is that a warning sign? Is that a red flag? And, like, oh, he's doing this. and that. Just let the kid develop. <laughs> he's a kid. Yeah. Let him you know, grow within the team. And he's barely been a Washington Redskin for even a month yet. So let's kind of let this happen. Let's kind of let us let a season even start. Let's get to football season first before we start forming that opinions. I mean, the junkies, as, as much as we love them in the area, the junkies love to stir up controversy. They're radio guys. That's what they do. Yeah. EB of the junkies was talking about, is this a red flag that Dwayne Haskins spent all of his money on oh, a yeah. sports car? It's like, of course, if I'm a million dollar player, I'm going to spend my money on a sports car. I mean, what do you, what do you want me to yeah. do? If I got, Money, Four million a year. If I've got money for the first time in my life, um, and there's a few things that, oh, man, I, I dreamed about having if I had the money to get so, yeah, I'm going to buy a sports car. Does that mean I'm a bad leader or a bad teammate or a knucklehead? No. That means I have some money to burn, yeah. and I'm going to spend it. It's my money. I'm going to spend it on things that I want to well, spend. His on. reasoning behind that, too, was uh, for EB, he was saying something of the nature that, oh, well, he's acting like he, he, you know, he hasn't thrown a pass yet in the NFL. Well, who cares? He, they, they drafted him, and he got he's, him money. Got a, yeah, I was about to say. It, it doesn't matter how he gets he to the field. He not pass yet. Well, he's, he's, he's getting checks. Yeah. He's getting checks still. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter how he gets to the field as long as he throws a pass. He's not an undrafted free agent here that's trying to make the team. He's the guy of the future here. He bought a car. Who cares? Well, the, We're going to forget about it in a month. Also, the thing was he also supposedly uh, – I mean, EB said he was joning on him too as well. Uh, Kirk Cousins, when he was driving that old beater and different stuff like that. And same thing with Alfred Morris driving the old beater. Alfred Morris wasn't a high pick, so he didn't have <laughs> And, and we look too much into crap like that. They're, they're always trying to find a story. And it's like, I don't really care what a guy drives. As long as he performs on the field yeah. and he's a leader, that's all that matters. People are like, oh, yeah, Alfred Morris drives this, yeah, this old beater. So, you know, that shows how humble he is and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, no, it just shows he's not that interested in buying a fancy car. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he bought uh, three flat screen TVs, TVs for his house, but he yeah. didn't buy a nicer car. Kirk Cousins, same thing. He goes and lives with his parents in the off season and works out. It's like, all right, congratulations. There's also people that will go take vacation. Like yeah. I don't know that uh, it, doesn't, it really, doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter exactly. It does not matter. It doesn't matter of who they are in the field. Like I mean, yeah. Tom, Tom Brady. He even says like, <laughs> "Oh, my wife makes a lot of money," so he doesn't. It's just like stuff like that to me. Like when I heard that, I was like, "Cause I wanted to hear it. I wanted yeah. to hear his reasoning." But the, his reasoning <laughs> behind it was, "Oh, he ha- he he acts like he's been there before, and he he hasn't thrown a pass yet. Well, he he hasn't had a chance to throw the pass yet because yeah, games haven't started. What do you want started. him to do? What do you want him to do yeah. to to drive a uh, a terrible car for the next uh, you know until he <laughs> plays his first down with the Washington Redskins? I mean, what what, what do you want? The him to accent do? you want him to drive yeah, a fifteen thousand dollar car? So, it's so stupid, but." Overall, well, then, the main, I heard, then I heard that he, he might have bought it for his mom or something. Yeah, so, which is like, all right. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't it's matter. It's a car. Who it cares? It doesn't matter. Wait, wait for the season to start. Wait for the season to start. Let's see how he does. Before, then the if crit- he sucks, then you yeah, can Yeah, then we can blame it, it on the car. No, it's like <laughs> the criticisms of Dwayne Haskins and any of these guys should be around their performance on the field. Yeah. I don't care what they buy with their money. I don't care what they do in their offseason as long as it doesn't endanger the team and they're not going and getting fights in one loud and like that other guy. Monte uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, and Gruden's son, too, got arrested in, oh, uh, right. in there, too, the videographer. But, um, 
you know, as long as it doesn't, there's no conduct detrimental to the team or anything like that, then who cares? Yeah. Who cares? But Dwayne Haskins, we're pumped. We're pumped for him. Uh, we'll talk to the Redskins insiders guys. Or uh, you well, know, the, the quote thing didn't really go as as, as well as I planned. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I, 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 the problem is I'm trying to line it up because then they start no, talking and made all that kind of stuff. But yeah, but no, but you it got, gave you us, the gist of it. No, I did. I did. And it was helpful to kind of hear that because I have not. Yeah, you were, as you said, you know, I saw him when I, you know, being a Michigan State fan, I saw him play. Yeah. Um, but it was not like I was watching every Dwayne Haskins oh, yeah. down or anything like that. Um, but he's a good player. He's a good player. We're excited about him. We'll get the Redskins uh, talk guys to yeah. – we'll, we'll chat with them as we get closer into camp and things like that. I mean, the summer's coming. So we're going to be getting into camp ta- uh, sure. talk here pretty soon. Let's touch a little bit – A little bit. A little bit on the Washington Wizards. Beal again gets an angle, throws it off the glass and scores. He's been phenomenal. Warren's third of the game. We're tied at 144. Beal, nice move, lays it up and scores. Oh, my, 40 points for Bradley Beal. The Washington Wizards, who I'm trying to think, have we done a show since the draft lottery? No, it was last Tuesday. Right, so we have not had a chance to talk about this, so it's obviously been... Uh, a little interesting over the last week or so, to say the least, as far as the Washington Wizards having literally the worst outcome possible for the draft lottery, which was one of the things that I said on this show, as long as the Wizards don't drop down from that five or six seed um, uh, in the draft picks, then I'll be happy. Well, guess what happens? They drop down. They get the nine pick. Uh, New Four Orleans. Four percent chance. Unbelievable. Four percent. That is a D.C. Uh, event to have happened there. Um, the number nine pick. So we're talking a little Washington Wizards. There's kind of two main things to talk about here with the Wizards. We'll just touch on it briefly, and then we'll get into a lot more with Rashad Mobley when we get a chance to talk with him. Um, the two main things going on are Washington Wizards as far as like wh- who are they looking for in the draft, and then who's going to be the president of basketball operations. Um, we'll start, let's start with the draft real quick, because, Mike, I found a page here that basically does uh, an accumulation of um, all the different mock drafts on the Internet. Um, and kind ah, of um, putting them in, is that? in one. Well, the site that gathered them is NBA.com, and they basically gathered all the different sites. And here is the names that they're throwing out there um, for the number nine pick. So ESPN has the Wizards taking Seku. Um, I'm not going to even pronounce his last name right now. The Ford from France. CBS Sports is Romeo Langford. The Ringer has Seku. SB Nation says Cam Reddish from Duke. Bleacher Report says Bull Bull. Sports Illustrated says Jackson Hayes. The Athletic says Na- uh, Nasir Little. Yahoo Sports says PJ Washington. Fox Sports says Cam Reddish. The Big Lead says Seku. NBC Sports Washington with a wild card here says uh, that Hachimura from, Hachimura from uh, Gonzaga. Uh, Sporting News says Jackson Hayes. NBA Draft.net says Jackson Hayes. And LA Times has Romeo Langford. So a couple Langfords, you know, two or three Jackson Hayes in there, some Cam Reddishes, only one Bull Bull, only one um, Hachimura. Uh, Cam Reddish is thrown out there as well. 
um, and then Seku is listed a few times as well. So, you know, there's there's some obviously some repeats there, and some of it will yeah. depend on you know where the you know where these guys go in the draft, what happens with trades and so forth. Um, but as far as the names that seem to appear the most, Mike, it would be the guy from France, Seku. Seku Dubaioya. Exactly. That's exactly how you pronounce it, actually. And then Jackson Hayes is the other name that was thrown out two or three times as well. So. With the nine pick, and you've, you and I have been kind of texting about it for the last week or so, is that since the draft lottery, is that at nine, really anything in this year's draft after five, and in really in any draft, it's kind of a, a crapshoot, as they as yeah. they say, yeah. where you can look at past year's draft and you know they'll put out graphics where it's like, well, you know, this guy was a number nine pick uh, in in this in so and so year, and which is great. It's good to know that you can find somebody there, but you could also look at ten other drafts at number nine and watch bus NBA bus that yep. that aren't, aren't didn't make it. So or even guys that have been picked higher than that. The Wizards have not picked well, really, besides the top three picks. Um, there's that, really that's even shoddy. A little and that's bit too. exactly. I mean, Wall, Beal, those are kind of the no brainers that they were able to capitalize on. But I mean, some of these other picks they haven't uh, worked out so well. So. I don't know who on your on this list um, sticks out immediately to you as somebody where you're like, oh yeah, this is this is a guy who I want them to pick. I mean, I, I, you and I were talking about a little bit off air that I'm not immediately throwing out Seku um, yeah. be, just because. Well, I am. You and I have talked about it that we're not super uh, fans of picking foreign players. Because the NBA is the hardest basketball league to compete with in the world. It's got the best players. So you come from France. While there's still probably quality basketball being played, it's not the same thing. And for some guys, that doesn't translate. For other guys, it's fine. Luka Doncic, I mean, that was a guy who was able to come in the league, dominate, Dirk, you know, those sort of guys. But but there for every couple of those there's what was that Petrov that we drafted one year. Um, There's you know. Yeah. Plenty. Uh, there's Jan Vesely. Pl- Jan Vesely, who's was MVP of like the Euro League or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and they read his stats off on the radio, and he, he was averaging like twelve points and like yeah. five. Well, for Euro League, that's LeBron numbers. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm not immediately throwing out Seku. I don't. I've, I've checked some tape on him. I'm going to continue to watching some tape on him. We'll yeah. get we'll get the opinions going, but um, I don't know. At nine, I'm not. I'm not looking for a lot here. I'm not hoping for a lot. Yeah. I don't know about you. My biggest factor in this spot nine it's not a bad pick i mean for the top 10 it's obviously, top 10 obviously it's a bad pick for a top 10 but to be in the top 10 you know you just have to count your blessings there yeah obviously yeah. we had the biggest chance of getting the number six pick which would have gave us a lot more options um but i'm just looking at tankathon right now um because that's going that's becoming one of my favorite sites mm-hmm. and um obviously everyone has their own mocks and stuff like that right now the first mock that came up for Tankathon has us taking Jackson Hayes from Texas, mm-hmm. and I'm not for that pick. Yeah, I, I haven't seen enough Texas basketball. I know he was coached by Shaka Smart, different stuff like that at Texas. But to me, it's like Brandon Clark. I, I'm just I fell in love with Brandon Clark because you, know, you said uh, Ruby Achimura Ach- Ach- or whatever, mm-hmm. however the hell you say it, and uh, you know him and Brandon Clark basically they're both juniors. Uh, they're both, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Clark is one year older than Hachimura, but at the same time, Clark has pretty much, I would say, overall better stats, and they're kind of the same size. Obviously, Hachimura uh, uh, has about uh, 19, 18 pounds, something like that, on Brandon Clark, but 
Brandon Clark only averaging two points less a game, averages almost almost three and a half rebounds more per game, has more assists per game, has more blocks per game, and more steals per game. So you're looking at that and saying, why would NBC Sports Washington say, oh, we want Achi Mora? There's no point to have that. I think it's because, and I even told you off air that someone on the radio was talking about how Brandon Clark just has no size, stuff like that. Well, 207 pounds and 6'8", it's pretty, pretty damn good size to me. You don't need a P.J. Washington, you know, having 230 pounds falling on those 6'8 legs and, and getting hurt like he did in the tournament, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, you, you don't want to stick because, you know, you don't want like a, a Taco Fall. I mean, Taco Fall is 7'7", and he's 200. Somebody will grab him in the second round just yeah, to well, yeah. try yeah. to put some Right now he's him, projected to get the third uh, to last pick to yeah. go to Golden State. Yeah, that would be wild. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. But, Curry throwing him lobs. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, it's just. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be hilarious. But honestly, you know, we need to talk about Sekou a little bit more, obviously, with yeah. the shot and different stuff of that For nature. Sure. We'll get some um, of his thoughts. And we'll also watch a little bit more tape because obviously we need to get it shipped over here from France. Yeah, he's a big guy. Um, <laughs> he's a big guy. He can move a little bit. He's good yeah. defensively. Um, he's lengthy. Uh, but but look, yeah. look at it this way, not to interrupt you, but look sure. at it this way. You, you compare Sekou to Brandon Clark. Sekou is the youngest one uh, mm-hmm. projected to go in the draft at 18 years old in four months. Yeah, it's wild. Okay. You look at that, and then you look at his stats, 14 points, six, six and a half boards, you know, not, not, too, not too many assists and blocks and steals, all that kind of stuff. But you look at Brandon Clark, he's basically four years older, more, more uh, I guess you could say, um, uh, developed, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, probably better coaching with Mark Few um, at, at Gonzaga. And then you also see them go into play the highest competition in the tournament year in, year out while he was there. For sure. So, For sure. And, and with that, he's still averaging a double-double. I mean, I just don't think he's getting enough run, number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then like you said, yeah. uh, off air, the the recency effect of oh look they had you know DeAndre Hunter had a had a great top uh, uh, final four and I even heard on the radio again I'm gonna keep referring to the radio because that's where a lot of these have been talked about this week because obviously the mock drafts and stuff like that coming out you know DeAndre Hunter he wasn't spectacular this entire season I mean he, he just wasn't and that's the thing is you look at with DeAndre Hunter is you know. He's supposed to be a lottery pick, but he just disappeared in a ton of games. He's only averaging 17 points a game for a lottery pick. That's nothing. That's actually the – I mean, if you don't want to say uh, Cam Reddish is a lottery pick, that's the worst out of all the lottery picks right now is, is DeAndre Hunter. And his rebounds, not up there with lottery picks like Jarrett Culver or even Darius Garland, stuff like that. I mean, Darius Garland's averaging less than one rebound per game against a guy that's four inches taller than him uh, and, and that, that played defense at Virginia. So – you know, it's. I mean, you'd think that he'd get more rebounds at Virginia because people are just chucking up shots trying to score against them because they only let in like 50 points a game or whatever it was. So, in my opinion, if you compare some of these guys, obviously it's going to depend on the night of because you need to have a. I would say for the Wizards and whoever they have at, at the president of basketball ops and stuff like that, you need to have a list of five guys. If you can have a list of five guys and say, you know, you only have one pick, but if you can list five guys off and say. These, if we can get one of these guys, we'll be happy with our pick and be satisfied. Then you, you, you can go with that. I've also been hearing, Ben, that they might, obviously, uh, with, with a new GM uh, or, or whatnot, they might see if they can trade into the mid-teens yeah. to see if they can try to steal maybe even, like, like I say, like a Brandon Clark or um, whoever it may be, uh, Nasir Little or something of that nature, in the mid-teens and maybe steal another second-round pick later in the, in the draft, something like that, see if they can get more guys. Because, again, they need more, as we talked about before, they need more rookie contracts mm-hmm. because the, of the whole entire John Wall contract the money and stuff down. like that. So, they got to undo the Ernie. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ernie's last stab in the gut for us. Yeah. Um, but overall, sure. look, looking at it, uh, you know, I just think that 
Brandon Clark is my guy, but if they do something more, um, you know, with a, with a steal or something like that, I mean, even me as a Virginia Tech guy, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I wouldn't go get him because he was kind of a man of Buzz Williams' system, in my opinion. I think he's a good player. Uh, he was a little little injury durable, not, not as great as I would like, but overall, it's like, I mean, you got, I mean, Bruno Fernando is a 19 right now going to the Spurs. So people like that, it's like, I think they're kind of – they don't know. Like you say, crapshoot is the biggest is. thing. From, num- really from number is. seven basically on is a crapshoot from like seven to 20. It is. It's it's so tough to judge that. And that's why you need the right guy at the helm to be able to make those sort of yep. decisions. And that leads into the second point about the Wizards, Tim Connolly. So Tim Connolly, uh, Connolly has been basically the top candidate here yep. uh, to replace Ernie Grunfeld. And, uh, again, the 42-year-old Connolly, um, if you aren't super familiar with him, he's the guy he took over for um, – Masai Ujiri, um, who was originally the GM in Denver and then went to Toronto and was able to turn that around. Um, Ujiri, who's one of the best GMs uh, and, and executives in uh, in basketball, Connolly replaced him. And here's some of the resume there. I mean, it's funny. I, I read an article that said basically Connolly is the anti-Grunfeld. He's basically did everything that Grunfeld couldn't do. He got international picks in Nikola Jokic and Yusuf Nurkic, who are two extremely good big men. He was able to to establish and find international talent and bring it in. He found um, some key players for the franchise outside of the top five in Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. These were guys that were not top five picks. Um, Connolly was able to find them, and now they're incredible. He was able to bring Paul Millsap back. Um, he's young. He's from the DMV. I mean, this is really the guy. I mean, this yeah. is a guy that has drafted well. He's brought in international talent well. He turned that Denver franchise into a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're out of the playoffs right now, but at the same time, they, made it far. they had one of the best <laughs> records in the NBA. Really talented group. Um, and, you know, he's, he's the guy. He's the guy that their Wizards – should and will likely go all in on. Now, they have offered him a contract. We'll see what that means. He obviously had a certain number that he, that the, that he needed to have hit before he was going to jump ship, um, but I'm pretty sure... They said about five years, uh, four million per year. That's what the number is right now. Well, yeah. we, don't, we don't know what they, we offered, though, but I'm sure Ted was like, hey, why don't you come in here and, uh, and do something? We'll give you 10 years or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried because... You know, again, not that he's. I'm not worried about Tim Connolly. I'm more worried that the Wizards may lowball him or somehow yeah. not get him. And now, not that there isn't other options out there that would probably be okay. I mean, anything's okay than Ernie Grunfeld. You and I could do a better job, but um, I am just worried that that Leonsis might I screw think, this up. I think it's also kind of what you're you're talking about as we are going to possibly hear soon uh, in a second, move into the Nats talk. Yeah. You're a little worried because I'm a little worried as well that with the whole manager situation with the Nats and how they lowballed Bud Black after yeah. Bud Black accepted the, the, the job and now he's doing wonders out west. He accepted the job and all of a sudden they saw yeah. the, he saw the learner's offer and he said, no, thank you, I'll pass. It's, after he accepted it, he said, no, thank you. That's and the thing. is, he's, it, Think it, about this. Is Connolly's, Connolly's in a great position in Denver yeah. uh, coaching a playoff-type team and all that stuff and the play up a, a playoff team yeah. um, and the money has to be right and the job opportunity has to be right and I would say the Wizards is not necessarily the greatest job in sports as far as like looking at it as, as options but so, the thing about it is yeah. security because if Ernie Grunfeld oh, yeah. can keep his job for yeah. 16 years oh yeah then you know you could that take two seasons off and you'll still get your yeah keep your I, I job. think Connolly will you know he'll be he'll be I mean especially him being in his 40s stuff like that mm-hmm. a little bit younger guy to come into the position I would take that all day yeah but the thing about it is is 
Ted is really lean. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen actually te- technically, I should say, I, I should take that back. I've seen uh, two sides of Ted. I've seen the side of Ted with Bruce Boudreau, where he wins President's trophies and then he releases him as the head coach of the Washington Capitals. Mm-hmm. And then I've also seen the other side where he's very loyal to Ernie Grunfeld, giving him 16 years as the general manager with a below 500 winning percentage in 16 years. So yeah. you never really know. But I think that the, he is so desperate for this Washington franchise to actually ascend because I think, honestly, when you look at some of these teams out there nowadays, especially uh, look, look, look at the Pelicans who got the first-round pick. Mm-hmm. People are talking about Zion going back to Duke because he doesn't want to go <laughs> to New Orleans. Now, they're saying that because the same ownership group owns the Saints, and they said that they're, they're so hell-bent on the Saints uh, producing and, and, and playing as well as they have. Yeah. They, the, the Pelicans are basically on the back burner, and the, the, the third back burner, you could say, not even the first back burner, sure. because they don't care about the Pelicans. Sure, sure. But so I you, also think people love to talk because yeah. there's no way Zion Williamson's turning down the type of money. Exactly. And that's, and that's the thing is, yeah. I mean, to, to me, the, the Washington Wizards franchise, uh, you know, has the promise to do good things, mm-hmm. but they have so much different uh, or so many different uh, possibilities, especially for this year, because I've been hearing also if, say, if say Connolly gets the job, I've been also hearing that possibly Bradley Beal might get traded uh, to the Lakers because yeah. the Lakers have a lot of money to spend, especially now that they have the fourth round pick or the fourth pick, I should say. They're also possibly saying Bradley Beal. I mean, now, this was obviously speculation. It was kind of like a what-if situation. Yeah, but yeah. they were saying that they could possibly trade Bradley Beal to the Lakers, get the fourth pick, a first next year, and then a, then a oh, role yeah, player. It's definitely a possibility. Like no, there's, there's, Beal's name has been thrown out a few in a few different scenarios. And yeah. what, what, what I mean, a, a new GM comes in and, hey, he wants to establish that this is his team now. This is his organization now. He might make some moves that he'd always been like, hey, if, I'd, if I ever get that job, I know yeah. what types of moves I would make to try to make the Wizards better. I wouldn't be surprised by anything, and I also would give the guy some trust and let him because it's not like what's been happening now has been working. So five you know, years is whatever a good, they got to do for what he wants. Five years that's uh, that's probably the bar I would set to. Yeah, yeah. Give him five years because obviously you got to get out out of the wall contract. And by yeah, by still, that by that point, room to by that point that. you would be out of the wall contract. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd have two years at least to build your franchise before you need a new contract, something yeah, like that. Yeah. So you never know. Give but him I, some time. I would I would I would say. I'm all for it. We'll talk honestly, about that uh, more with Rashad for sure. Like you said, anything is better than Ernie. So. Anything <laughs> is better than Ernie. That is the outcry. Let's move on to uh, a team that plays on national TV tonight, the Washington Nationals. Three balls, two strikes, the pitch. Swing and a long drive. Slows the voice, co-voice of the Washington Nationals on one of six seven fan. And the Washington Nationals, as I said before, are semi-surging, you could say, getting some players back on their roster. Obviously, Trey Turner returning a few days ago. Anthony Rendon coming to his own, obviously. Three of four. I mean, they won three of four. This is the this is it, man. It. Here's this the run. It all, it all comes <laughs> back. <now. laughs> here's the run we've been this looking for it. all year. Watch them lose like 15 oh, nothing yeah. tonight. Yeah, seriously. You know, the, the guy that's gonna give <laughs> here's the whole thing, Mike. Of course, of course, of course, our national TV Sunday night baseball ESPN game. Jeremy Ellickson. Jeremy, Jeremy <laughs> effing Hellickson. I mean. I can't wait till they do that little graphic that says the pitching matchup tonight. Just, a, just imagine if Strasburg had gotten a pitch today. I mean, look oh, yeah. at what he did to the Cubs last night, holding them to two runs, pitching four, an four, absolute four gem. 
Uh, now that was on national TV as well. It was on Fox, um, but still. But it was it was. I think for for that one, it depended on the region because I think if you were in other regions, you got the Houston um, Boston game, but in yeah. our region, we got the Nats game. Um, so yeah, the Nats, as you said, Mike, they're surging. Three of their last four. Um, have been wins. They were finally able to win a series. They beat the Mets um, since we've last done, did the show. Yeah. Um, we were wrapping up the the Dodgers series there, and then they uh, hosted the Mets this week, lost the opening game on Tuesday, and then beat the Mets five one and seven six. That seven six Thursday game was a squeaker. I mean, that was definitely one of those ones where you get a little nervous. Lost to the Cubs big six to fourteen after giving up. Oh my God, that seven eight nine innings. 11 runs in three innings. Yep. Three home runs from Chris Bryant. A home run in the seventh, eighth, and ninth on a Scherzer outing as well. Um, gave up uh, three, four, five, six home runs in the game as well. It's an unbelievable loss to the Cubs. And that was, a, that was a game that Scherzer gutted through with yeah. six innings. Yeah. He had, he had hel- it was a 3-2 game through six. It was a close ball game. The Cubs were just up by one. And then the floodgates opened in the 7th, 8th, and ninth, But after all that, the Nats come out on Fox last night, and Strasburg pitches an absolute gem. Yeah. Give him the props he deserves. Eight innings, four hits, two runs, one of them earned. Seven Ks, no walks. Gave up one home run, and then Doolittle shut the door in the ninth to get his eighth save of the season. A strikeout, no hits in that outing. I mean... That's what it's going to take for this team to win, Mike, yep. is Strasburg throwing eight, going to do little, and that's it. I mean, that's what that's the format. And then the offense putting up some runs. We did have uh, some unlikely heroes in this game with Brian Dozier hitting a home run early to give the Nats the lead. Howie Kendrick hits an RBI double and drove in a run. Uh, then you had Juan Soto double and bring in two runs. Um and uh, and then that was that was it. That was the five runs. It got a little dicey at certain points. Well, I guess they, they scored again in the fifth to make it five one. But um, I know you didn't get a chance to watch that game uh, much of it. But there were a couple things that stood out from that game. One, um, Jan Gomes and Steven Strasburg, and you and I were talking about this. Had a few cross ups last night. Yeah. And there was a lot of disagreement on Twitter on who's at fault there, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. I- our favorite guy, FP Santangelo, on 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 the TV. Just everything's positive with him. So blame it. He now he blamed it on Jan Gomes by saying that Jan Gomes is forgetting what pitch he's calling two and a half seconds after he calls it, which makes zero sense to me. Um, you know because obviously some things happen with catchers and pitchers, and there's miscommunication. I would say one in every couple games, something like that, uh, you know, on a pitch or something like that, but sometimes you don't even notice it because there's nobody on or whatever it may be. But it just makes me laugh because you see someone like Steven Strasburg who's been on point uh, over the last, you know, five, six games because you're looking at his last seven games. He has a 2-6 ERA, uh, a whip of .85, which is pretty damn good, Mm -hmm. and he's only let in 14 earned runs in 48 innings pitched. So, on, I mean, literally, this in this season, he's been. I mean, he's even pretty damn good that his entire season so far. 
332 ERA, and that was that's with like those three or four really bad starts. Even he didn't have a bad start. Uh, what was it? I think it was two games ago where he let in. Uh, he had he was on the hook for two more runs like that. He only let in four out of th- like seven innings. Yeah. I think it was like a debacle. It was a debacle at the end of the game where yeah. we ended up. Uh, we had a I think we had a lead or something like that with Strasburg in there, and then I think Tur- or Miller came in, and I don't know. It was a bunch of it was a few games ago, but just just looking at what he's done, especially his last three games, he's gone at least into the sixth inning the last three games. He's only let in six total hits uh, at the max, and that was against Milwaukee. That was the game I'm talking about where he had 11 Ks. Um, he had 11 Ks in that game and had four earned runs, mm-hmm. um, but he had 11 strikeouts. And they were saying that was the day that his his curveball was just just on point. Yeah, I remember it was uh, on May 7th. But uh, so his last two games against the Dodgers, he went six innings, four hit uh, baseball. Last game last night, eight innings of four hit baseball. So literally in his last three games, he's letting in less than five <laughs> hits per uh, per outing. So you're yeah. looking at it and saying. This is a Steven Strasburg that everyone was picturing when we drafted him. This is the type of game, or I should say season so far, that we need from him. And that's the, the biggest thing is, uh, going back to what you said, like there's cross-ups all the time, but yeah, just people like on, on, on Twitter. And I think FP, because he has a lot of following and stuff like that, like he's saying this, this, this stupid garbage, because again, I don't, know if I don't know if they're trying to protect Steven Strasburg or something like that, but you know, things happen like that, and I understand. You know, you know, Jan Gomes should should know what. You can't say, "Oh, he's forgetting something." Like, was he have short term memory well, loss? Yeah, it's not. It's not. He's forgetting something. It's just that the guys aren't on the same page. So either Strasburg is it. I mean, here's the thing: is Gomes is the one telling Strasburg, you know, with the signs. Okay, this is the indicator. This is like what pitch we're doing. Yeah. Strasburg must just not have. I mean, I would think it's more on the pitcher that's not getting the signs correctly from Gomes and the other way around, like yeah. you said, and what Grant said. It's like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and then you know, I, I don't, I don't see how that is Gomes's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that 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 comes down to now, and I don't like blaming Strasburg because he was fantastic last night, but clearly he was not getting the message he was supposed to be getting from Jan Gomes, and I can't really blame Gomes for that. Uh, I mean, it was dangerous, Mike. I mean, I, there were two pitches there. There was a the the one that Gomes thought was going to be a fast ball and it was a curveball um, and then there was a pass ball where I think he was thinking change up and it was a fastball and it went way by him yeah. and, and it led to a run but we've seen this before in the season and sometimes you get a new catcher in uh, for the season things but they've had months and months and months to prep for this this yeah. shouldn't be happening yeah but FP, FP was so obnoxious oh, he's, he so said annoying. you know he was like is class over yet or there were other oh yeah yeah I, like I saw this I was about to tweet I didn't because I was like I don't I don't care about engaging on this because I was going to tweet I was going to say something like Oh yeah, FP with your, or I was going to say something like, <laughs> "You've played as many games at catcher or pitcher as I have, zero. Because um, yeah. it's true. He had, I mean, in the major leagues with his two fifteen career average or whatever he was, yeah. you know, it's not like he was a catcher or pitcher. He's not. This isn't a, his FP school or something like that. Well, he so was we, a we, outfielder. We always say stupid crap like that because I mean, I just love it when he goes out there and he and he always has to he has to mention every single time he got a hit off of somebody. Yeah. Or remember that one time that I was playing and this? I was like, oh my gosh, I can't stand him. And and Bob Carpenter is getting on getting to his level sometimes because because they just they just bounce off each other and they start laughing about. Hot dog, or something like that. The problem is, is like, I don't know. FP is like the cool kid, yeah. even though he's not. And like Bob's the nerd, and Bob wants to be the cool kid, so he thinks that like <laughs> That's getting job. along with FP means he's going to be yeah. considered cool. And it's like Bob, you're a dork. Like it's okay. Yeah, own it. Like you can be. Just go with it. You know, you're the dork, and that's fine. Like I, I don't mind Bob Carpenter. I think he's a pretty good play by play. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind him but, either. But I'm with you in that when he gets too involved in FP's crap. 
Like it just yeah. becomes annoying. It's because well, like FP sits there and he, he, he starts talking about like like he I think he shared something of a national broadcast something like that and they they commented something about a tater and he starts talking. Yeah. I can't stand that word anymore. Like oh look at that tater that he hit or something like just say home run. Yeah, like just say just, yeah. say, just say he hit a bomb or something like yeah, that. Like, FP's, just, FP's say something like that. Like it just anyways it just annoys me because sure. you see the the starting pitching right now. Corbin Strasburg and Scherzer have a combined record. Of uh, ten and nine, which is terrible. Number one, yeah. and that's out of again, that's out of twenty nine starts that they've or twenty nine games started, and uh, so far Corbin is worth every penny that we're paying him right now. Two point mm-hmm. nine ERA and under three ERA, which is nice. Hitters are only hitting two oh two against him. A WHIP of one point oh four, which is pretty damn good. Only let in nineteen earned runs uh, through about almost sixty innings pitched, which is pretty damn good as well. Uh, he's up there in strikeouts as well. One game less than Strasburg and, Cor- and, uh, and Scherzer, and he's only about uh, uh, 13 strikeouts away from Strasburg. Uh, a little bit, obviously, away from Scherzer because that's Scherzer's M.O., but the worst starter right now out of our top big three, you want to call him, is Scherzer so mm-hmm. far. 3.72 ERA, and that was with the three earned runs uh, of his last start. But, I mean, you're looking at it and saying that, hey, these three guys are giving us positions to win in the ballgames because, you know, obviously you see uh, 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 Sanchez who has just been a horrible signing. And I texted you the same thing. This is a season of gambles, Mm -hmm. and those gambles have legit not paid off a single dividend this entire season. Yeah, Sanchez was a solid pitcher last year after being not that great pitcher for the previous few years, and that's where – as you said, gambling on Sanchez to be able to repeat what he did for Atlanta yep. last year, and he hasn't. Haters are hitting 263 off of him right now, which is, uh, as I've ta- told you before, anyone hits. And Helixson, t- too. Helixson, too, has been, you know, he had, he was great last year. Like, Ellison he was t- great. Ellison. This year, after, after his, like, first, second, or uh, first couple starts, yeah. now hitters are hitting 290 Oh, off my him. God. And that's what I'm worried about tonight is one of those. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, it's, this could be a bad one. Great tonight. matchup tonight. We've got Jeremy Helixson. Might throw this on ESPN, and then, uh, you know, two innings later you might go it's time to watch some basketball yeah i mean this could get this could get ugly sanchez and helixson have a 510 and a 60 era right now yeah and we mentioned it before Gio gonzalez playing pretty damn well i think he's playing for the brewers right <laughs> yeah, yeah um, he's back yeah, in milwaukee he's back in milwaukee and he he's pitching pretty pretty darn well and you can't tell me that we could have got him because no one was signing Gio for so long mm-hmm. you don't t- you, i mean that's the thing is another gamble People loved Geo in this town. People loved Geo. My mom loved watching Geo because he was just so happy-go-lucky. And then when he was on the mound, yes, he was a head case on the mound for the most part, talking to himself and all that kind of stuff. But we're, I mean, everyone's been there. But at the same time, you're seeing him out there, Milwaukee playing pretty damn well, and the sole fact that you don't think he could come out here and and, and hit, or excuse me, pitch 500 baseball. And, you know, even if he had a four ERA, that'd be 10 times better than what we're getting right now with Sanchez and Helixson. And you just, just think about that. Like, Helixson right now, he has a 2-2 two and two record. Me and you always say wins and losses don't really matter at all. But Sanchez, this is what matters the most. Sanchez has yet to win a ball game and is 0-6. So that means that when he's in the ball game, yeah. six losses have become basically because of him. It's, and that's, it's, that's, it's that, that's something you can't, you can't look at because, hey, yeah. nine games started and he has 42 innings pitched. Obviously, I think one or two of those games he might have got hurt in. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Which is um, why I don't mind the idea of moving Joe Ross into that five-man yeah. rotation. I mean, Ross has been 
pretty solid uh, out of the pen. And, and I think they're worried about, you know, you take a pretty good Armin Ross out of the pen, how much worse. But this pen is already the worst in baseball. Yeah. I mean, what do you want to do? I mean, uh, would you rather, are you sacrificing Anibal Sanchez's terrible record over having one other arm in the pen? How about we go get some more arms in the pen? How about we do that yeah. and, and try to get better that way? But Rizzo's not doing any well, moves. The, also, the, the Sanchez stat with 25 walks. In 42 innings pitch. I mean, look, yeah. look at look, just just compare this right now. Okay, I understand Steven Strasburg's a lot better pitcher yeah, than Anibal yeah, Sanchez, course, of course. but with 23 more innings pitch, that's over two games worth oh, yeah. of pitching. Yeah, he has uh, 11 less walks. Way over two games. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, 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 that's like <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's just it's just a terrible stat to have. And me and you have said that multiple times. Like. We, I mean, I way overanalyzed Sanchez. I was hoping he would come into this year with, I think, a better ball club than the Braves, in my opinion, yeah. uh, in the Nats. And and literally, I thought he would come in here and just kind of continue that. And I said, if he can get a 3-5 ERA, I'll be happy with that. But it's almost doubled at this point. Yeah, it's and not, it's just, it's not it's just good. And, I mean, and he had, like, a good start early against the Phillies earlier in the year. And it was kind of like, all right, this is the guy that Sanchez can be. He can just throw junk ball and guys yep. will be off balance, all that stuff. But exactly. guys are timing him up and they're just – destroying him and and the other thing last night um which i know you you got to look at today um was this whole joe madden uh, sean doolittle debacle so um so yeah. yeah it turned out that uh doolittle last night for those who weren't watching um doolittle has this little hitch in his uh wind up which involves kind of putting his right toe kind of down near the dirt yeah uh, it hovers like right above the dirt before he, then he moves towards the plate now um he doesn't you know, flat foot, put the foot fully down on the dirt. It just yeah. kind of grazes the dirt, and then he goes towards the plate. Now, uh, Carl Edwards Jr., reliever for the Chicago Cubs, um, back in spring training, like at the beginning of the year and things like that, was told by the league that he can't do this thing that was in his windup, which literally involved putting his entire foot down on the mound before bringing it up and going. Yeah. Not the same thing whatsoever, but he got cited for that. Well, apparently, you know, Joe Madden, big smart Joe Madden, had been kind of scouting this whole Doolittle stuff from the beginning. And then as soon as Doolittle went on the mound and was doing his warm-up pitches, and as soon as he threw his first pitch, Madden comes storming out of the dugout, pitching a fit, saying he can't do that. He's bringing in the umpires. And keep in mind, this is in the ninth. This is a save situation for Doolittle. They're down three runs. This is kind of a crucial part of the game here. And Madden comes in, starts pitching a fit. The umpires converge. They're going, they're, they're talking about this. They end up like letting Doolittle throw a couple more pitches um, at warm-up, and then he continues again. Then Madden comes out of dugout again, says this game's under protest. They go to New York to review, uh, you know, talk to New York about this, um, which there's really nothing to talk about. Madden says, uh, you know, they're playing this game under protest. Doolittle, the the laugh-out-loud funny moment was when Doolittle was throwing a couple warm-up pitches to stay loose. He looked at the Cubs dugout, and when he did his warm-up pitch, he did put his foot fully down on the ground and stared at him, and then he threw towards the plate. (laughs) It was a little mind games. But anyways, Doolittle, so Doolittle, keep in mind, this is a closer who's used to routine. He gets interrupted twice for a lengthy amount of time while they're going through all this. Then finally, he's able to pitch again, and he shuts down the Cubs, and he gets the save. And he had some quotes after the game saying, you know, that's just Joe Madden playing mind games. Um, Yeah. He's like, Joe Madden always has to be the smartest guy in the room. So, you know, he's th- this is him just playing games and all that stuff. Now, I love Joe Madden, but that was just, I mean. It was ridiculous. You're down it was three so runs pointless. and stuff like that. Now you're trying to. And it wasn't the same thing. And Cubs fans on Twitter were being so annoying. They were saying, oh, yeah, this is the same thing Carl Edwards got in trouble with. It wasn't the same thing. You can watch the videos and see for yourself. Carl Edwards was literally putting his entire weight back down on the foot 
on the mound before he would go to the plate. It was ridiculous. Very annoying. Good for Doolittle. But I will say, the reason why I bring that up is, we'll see tonight. Now, there were also a couple hit batsmen in the Nats game. There was There's a whole Doolittle thing. I mean, Nats aren't really one to start stuff, but... Tonight could get interesting. There could be something it could get interesting that comes also, of that. Also could spark this team, which would be a good yeah. thing because, I mean, like like I mentioned before, we're top 10 in starting pitching, and that's with yeah. two of the worst pitchers in the league right now yeah. <laughs> starting our rotation. So, honestly, with Jeremy Hellicks, I just hope they don't get down 5 nothing. That's first the worry. Like if, that. if, if Baez or Contreras like, hits a three-run bomb right off the mm-hmm. bat, then you're switching over to Bucks raptors like, There's no reason yeah. to watch the, 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 the biggest thing, though, is that if you want to look at the offense so far, the things that are looking up, yeah. Anthony Rendon was playing horribly the first few games that he got back from his injury. Yeah. And since he's then, finding himself since now. then yeah. right now, he's hitting 330 now yeah. on base of four, a .41. Howie Kendrick's still hitting over 300. He's had some good games in the, in the last few. He's raised his average six points in about the last couple games. Um, good to see Soto knocking some runs last yeah, night. Exactly. He's been struggling this season. I read something about how and you know, especially defensively as well, Soto has been misplaying some balls that possibly you got to think that Soto may be converted into a first baseman at some point yeah. um, in, in the Major League Baseball. Now, right now, the Nats have a backlog of first basemen because of Ryan Zimmerman existing, um, him and Matt <laughs> Adams, and then how he's playing there now while those guys are hurt. But who knows? Maybe in a few years we may see Juan Soto spending some time at first base because the glove is not great in left field. Oh, yeah. It's really not. Well, we saw, the, we saw the, misplay the, a ball yeah, the terribly. Other, again, with, with the Scherzer on the mound yeah. where they would have ended the first inning and it would have been, uh, you know, that they wouldn't have that, uh, yeah. that, that RBI double by um, Baez yep. and all of a yep. sudden you know he, and people are saying and again our favorite one of our favorite guys <laughs> FP is like oh you know he's that's a that's a tough ball to play he was halfway jogging the entire yeah. way there it was a line drive to the right field I mean to left field I think you know 90% of the league is making that play yeah unless you're Manny Ramirez in left field <laughs> you're not making that play so we'll see but like you said off Trey Trey's back as well Trey, he yeah. got a nice knock yesterday um, and it's good to see him on the base paths again because that changes things a little bit because without Trey, there's really not a lot of base running on this team. Yeah, and then also what you're talking about mm-hmm. with we, – we, we said a million times, like, injuries you can't use as an excuse because it's adversity and stuff like that. Yeah. You can use, it's like a, mi- a minor excuse because, yeah. you know, like, like I said, the Redskins, you know, they started to go out there and play many games with, with guys hurt left and right. But – you know, in this, in this situation, you know, it's next man up. Yes, they had, I, I would say, a, a little brief stint there where they had a lot of bad, bad base play <laughs> or uh, base running and different stuff like that. Carter Keevan getting up way too yeah, early. Robles has got, got in trouble this year. But, hey, they, they got Parra now on the team. He's played yeah. six games. He's batting 280, you know, uh, 350 on base percentage. I'll take that from a guy off the scrap heap that wasn't playing for any team because they, the Giants cut him, which uh, when you get cut by the Giants, who are terrible this year, that's, that's a bad sign. But ever since he came over, here i think he's got a little bit of new life yeah um because so far he's not striking out that much i mean he's struck out four times in 18 at bats that, that's one of the main things about him was everyone said that he's gonna get the ball and play his ops is pretty damn good through through six games so far so overall also my man kurt suzuki what did i tell you before our nats preview i said kurt suzuki's gonna have a better bat than Jan gomes i mean right now it's it's, it's proven dividends because kurt suzuki has carried us for a few games now as well he's hitting about 280 uh, he has five home runs, 17 RBIs. He's striking out a little bit too much than I would like, but he's getting hits, he's getting on base, which is which is a good thing from a guy that he, he has he has a, about a 250 bat, uh, but he's more so a better uh, defensive catcher, which that, that's what that's what the Nats need, especially having Weeders back there for so many years. Yeah. But overall, 
Jan Gomes and Kurt Suzuki have been serviceable so far and uh, have been put pretty good back there, despite what FP says about Jan Gomes having short-term memory loss. Um, but the one guy, uh, besides Ryan Zimmerman, that I'll complain about is Brian Dozier. Brian Dozier is still playing games. He has the second most played games on the team besides a tie for first between Robles and uh, Adam Eaton. He has 30, uh, 43 games played. 43 games played, Mr. Simpson. He has 142 at-bats, which, let me look at this. That's third most on the team. Third most on the team for Brian Dozier, who's hitting 211. Yeah. I just Jeez. don't. And he, has, he has almost 50 strikeouts. I mean, he has six six home runs. That's that's great and all. But, I mean, you, you, you can't do that. I mean, your on-base percentage is not horrific like a Ryan Zimmerman's who's, who's getting paid $18 million this year. But, literally, you came out here to, to try, try to revitalize your career mm-hmm. and different stuff of that nature. I'm not saying revitalize like, you're, like you, you, you suck. But last year, you didn't play that well. Two years ago, you played really well. And all of a sudden, we're getting kind of more so what Anibal Sanchez was supposed to give us this year with you as well, where you, you, just, you both just suck. We got you guys yeah. for kind of one-year rental kind of, kind of deals, one- to two-year rentals, and you've been terrible. I mean, Another gamble. That's a gamble. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I told you. That's that's the word of this season is gambles because yeah. you got Brian Dozier who is who is god awful this and year. Brian Dozier they gambled on his performance from two seasons ago. Yeah. Let's keep in mind Brian Dozier was bad last year. Yeah. He was not good, but Rizzo and company gambled on his on, on the Brian Dozier from two years ago. Brian Dozier was a gamble. Rosenthal was a gamble. Anibal Sanchez has been a gamble. Um, you know, for now, Jan Gomes, Kurt Suzuki has been okay. I wouldn't put those as gambles. We needed a catcher. Yeah. They went with two guys that had some pretty good proven experience. They went more so platoon than everyday I'm not, and, type. Yeah, and I'm not too worried about the catcher position. Again, anything you can get is okay. But those type of spots, like with Dozier and, and things like that, like it's been bad, man. I mean, Rizzo. Let's let's say for. I mean, let's make sure to point this out because Rizzo gets a lot of credit for the great things he does, which yeah. is well deserved. Bring Patrick Corbin, things like that. But we also need to be able to criticize Mike Rizzo in the moves that he has been incorrect around, like Anibal Sanchez, like Trevor Rosenthal, and like Brian Dozier. So we, we got to make well, sure we that, throw some shade. Again, too. that yeah, exactly. And that's the biggest thing is this has to be probably the worst offseason for Mike Rizzo. And that's another thing that I keep hearing. Like I had, I told you I had a discussion with my cousin who's a big Orioles fan, and the biggest thing for that is he, he even mentioned he's like everyone praises Mike Rizzo for. Yes, Mike Rizzo's doing a lot of great things because he, he brought in Madsen, he brought in Doolittle, some of these guys that were pretty good players for us. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden you see um, him come out here, and like you said, this is more of a gamble season than anything because you could have easily saved money from the Sanchez deal, brought back Gio Gonzalez. Now, obviously you're going with you know an upgrade from Sanchez to Gio with their stats from last season, but... The biggest thing is you're looking at here is you could have brought back Gio, who was beloved in the city, who could have pitched, you know, I, I mean, even his worst, probably his worst baseball ever and get four ERA and still be better than what we're getting Sanchez right now. And you would have probably saved, you know, five or six million dollars uh, and, and actually put that towards maybe another bullpen arm or whatever it may be, like a rental mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. So going into that real quick, before we get into our Pine Pony Express, sure. uh, just looking at some of the payrolls of the Washington Nationals again. Talking to my cousin about this, that the the, the Nationals right now next year they're going to have just under a hundred million dollars come off the books. Now the main guys that are going to be coming off the books uh, are gonna, is going to be Ryan Zimmerman. They're not going to re-sign him at thirty five years old. Um, and then you also have Brian Dozier. They're not going to re-sign him because he just plain sucks. Uh, and then you're going to get right there. You're going to get twenty seven million dollars from just those two guys for next season. 
And then you also have a guy like Trevor Rosenthal. This guy is in the minor leagues, and he can't even throw strikes. And, Ben, I don't know if you saw it. Um, uh, I, forgot, I forgot who uh, was tweeting about it um, the other night, that he went out there and he pitched one inning of, I think it was his first uh, or second, uh, uh, second appearance from back-to-back. And uh, basically he pitched one inning, 21 pitches, mm-hmm. only 11 strikes, hit the backstop twice, uh, walked one guy and let a single in, and he only recorded one out through 21 pitches. So uh, that guy is not going to come up here. He, there's, there's no way in this world that Trevor Rosenthal is going to be ready for this season because if he's down there pitching multiple games in, my, in the minor league system and he's hitting the backstop more than he's throwing strikes, then there's, there's no point. I don't, know if, I don't know if they can save money by cutting him. I don't know what they can do with that. Maybe take a, a $5 million cap hit or something like that. I don't, I, I don't even know. They don't even have a cap, so, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. But still, Trevor Rosenthal is $7 million again. So right there, it's over $34 million going to be taken off the books between those three players uh, that, that you know aren't really helping our ball club at all this season. And then also another thing that Mike Rizzo didn't do well, uh, not to get into a Mike Rizzo debate here, sure. but Michael A. Taylor, they should have traded him a couple years ago when he had a big postseason and stuff like that. But instead they re-signed him and all that kind of stuff, and now he's striking out you know like 45% of the time, and he's not really helping us one bit whatsoever. But overall, they got a lot of one-year contracts. Obviously they're going to have to re-sign Anthony Rendon. That's like the first and foremost type deal here. And, um, you know, they got some other guys they gotta they got to re-sign. Howie Kendrick, are you going to keep him around for maybe a veteran minimum or something like that? Because mm-hmm. you're not going to be paying him almost $5 million. They're paying him $4 million this year, uh, even though he's a big part of our team, but they're not going to be paying him, uh, you know, at 35, 36 years old uh, to come out there and, and be a, a utility player off the bench. But overall, then, I mean, right now, the, the, you have to look at the Steven Strasburg contract being a huge deal. Uh, you know, obviously, we're going to get into this more later on. But, sure. I mean, Right now, we only have Max Scherzer under contract until 2021. That's that's the last season we're going to have Max Scherzer. And yes, wasting he's, getting, he's getting wasting him. He's getting paid a lot of money. And yeah. just, just just put it this way: in 2022, which obviously is a few seasons away, that's going to be 42 million off the books with just him. Yeah. Which obviously we're not going to resign him because that time he's going to be 37 and whatnot. But like you said, we're wasting him. This is this is this mm-hmm. is the key here. If it's not, and, and I, I told my cousin this as well. I think this year it's kind of feeling now more and more that they're actually trying to survive without paying that luxury tax this year to get to next season where they get a lot more spending money, number one. Yeah. And number two, I mean, number two, they're going to basically have that that luxury tax uh, threshold reversed. So now it's back to the one-year deal where they, they can go over the luxury tax and only pay, like, what was it, like 10% or 20% or whatever it was, rather than the 50% that they went over this year. Yeah, um, but at the same time, you know, you, you can't – keep waiting on it. I mean, Philly's still going to be good. Atlanta's still going to be good. you, you got to be good now. Yep. Uh, you can't just wait for a couple of years down the road because because the, uh, the Nats okay. aren't in a rebuilding mode. I mean, they're in a contention mode, and they're just not really holding up the bargain. But it's only May, and you know, even though we've talked about statistically, things are not really lining up in their favor as far as historically. We'll see where they're at through 50 it's games. Because oh, the the um, there you go. Because uh, through again <laughs> through 50 games um, historically, unless you're at around 22, 23 wins, you don't win a division. The Nats are a couple games behind that at 45. They got five games to win about three games for them to be still with history as far as their opportunity yeah. through their first 50. So we'll, we'll see how that I plays mean, there's, out. There's seven games back right now. The Mets, that's going to be a huge series because if you can move into third place, you know, you'll take that right now. When your next-door neighbor is the Miami Marlins, that's just embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean – 
Philly, you know, we took two games. That's why I told you earlier uh, the, other, the other day is we took two games. We gained two games on the Phils when they lost to the Brewers twice in a row, and we won uh, two games in a row against the Mets. And it's like, that's a big deal. We were down to, to uh, I think it was six games or whatever behind. Yes, it's a lot. But, again, we're playing the Mets, who, t- who, who suck right now, lost five straight. Mm-hmm. And we're playing the Marlins, uh, who, are, who are just god-awful in, in, in the world right now. They've won three in a row, and they're still, like, 20 games under 500, uh, which is embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's just you look at it and say you have to come out uh, and hopefully win tonight. Obviously, we're recording this on Sunday. Hopefully <laughs> win tonight with Helixson on the mound. I mean, you, I mean, you got you to you you pray to the, the, the gods above to, to get – I think, that, that, I think that Cubs lineup might be feasting tonight. Oh, I think yeah. it could get uh, oh, yeah. a little dicey, and, but and, you never know. I mean, so overall right now, it's just our, our record is we're seven games back, but we have to, I mean, again, I don't know if it's going to be completed by the next time we record it for the, the next two series. It, sh- it should, it should, right? Or it should be almost done. Um, it will be the, I think, I think it'll be right around there. Yeah, yeah it's something like that. <laughs> yeah. But the, so I'm hoping the next eight games between the Mets and the, Mar- and the Marlins, if we can win six of those, I'll be happy because you gain four games on your horrible record right now. Because if we lose tonight, then you're going to be about bit four games below 500, which is serviceable at this point. But I mean, you have to shoot for that all-star break being one of the, the, the you know, the shooting points to be within, I would say, within five games. Because if you're within five games at that point, then you have a good shot, especially uh, that Bryce Harper is still struggling. He's hitting like 201 or something like that. Uh, but overall, dude, <laughs> yeah. it's just we don't have that much to talk about. We're, we're, we're just making stuff up at, at this point because we're just trying to see how everything's going. But uh, overall, as of right now, uh, the, 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 the Nats just, I mean, they have to do something. You have, you have no more excuses. You have to do something because now you've got almost a full complement of players back. Anthony Rendon, Trey Turner, you almost got five of your top, uh, your top six hitters back and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we'll take it. We'll, we'll see. Take it. Let's move on to our final segment on this Sunday as we are recording this. Bringing back an oldie but a goodie, one yeah. we haven't done in a while, and that is the Pine Pony Express. I got so many on my uh, phone that are pretty old by now, but they're still funny stories. Well, I'll go first, so I'll give you some time to do some scouting on your end. So I've got a story here about, so, you know, we've, we've all, and I assume you have as well at this point, experienced kind of the, the Airbnb world or, uh, you know, as far as like renting a house um, gotcha. through Airbnb or HomeAway or some of those types of services. It's one of those things where you go on there, you find one and, you know, it looks pretty good. It's, it's actually usually a pretty fun experience. You can sometimes save money rather than booking a hotel room and, and live in like a, uh, for a day or two in a pretty cool spot. So this tourist was looking for an Airbnb and it was going to be in Amsterdam. So he was visiting Amsterdam. A lot of, he's British. He's uh, ah. touring in Amsterdam. And um, so he goes online and he finds it was a one night stay. That's all he was looking for. And it was this, this listing and it was going to be a clean room private bathroom and that's that's what it was listed as Got on it. there and so he's like all right sounds good so he uh you know pays the pays the money and he uh is in the taxi and is looking for the uh the house he's looking for the place he's typed in the address he's in the taxi um he can't find it. He's driving around. He's like, where, where is this place? And then he goes and checks the listing again. And the owner changed the listing to this shipping container <laughs> in the middle of downtown in Amsterdam, which the inside looks like this. Wow. And that he basically changed the 
Airbnb single bedroom uh, into a shipping container. They had three uh, twin beds in it on the ground, and uh, the ho- uh, the 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 uh, customer obviously was a little salty about this. Yeah, um, who wouldn't? And uh, ended up getting refunded from Airbnb. Obviously, he was like, "I'm not staying in this shipping container that's in the <laughs> middle of downtown the city." Um, but apparently, there's been some more types of these situations with rogue Airbnb listings. There was a case in 2016 where there was a guy who listed a private room in a public place on the website, which turned out to be a mattress, rug, and bedside table placed outside some garages <laughs> once. Um, there was a uh, a case where somebody just literally put a tent in the backyard and said this was this, and they listed that tent as somewhere to stay. Um, what, apparently, there... Someone pay for that? Uh, well, people probably paid and then showed up, and they were like, "What the? Uh, yeah. you know, what, what is this?" So, so this this British tourist ended up showing up. So, I was wondering if you, because Abby and I had one kind of bad Airbnb type experience, yeah. where it was this place in it was in uh, Topsail Island, North Carolina, which is a cool cool place to gotcha. be. We rented this house, and it was more of like the basement. Of the house, which we knew that that wasn't like something that was a surprise, but it was like so it was like a basement apartment kind of deal. Gotcha. And so we didn't have the top floors, but the basement part had everything you need: kitchen, bathroom, everything. So it was I'm like stayed in multiple of those. And it was right by where the beach was going to be, so it was walking distance. It was it was cool. So we 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 go in there, and then you know we're putting everything down, and then they had like um, some so a couple twin beds in the in the apartment. And so I go to sit down on one of the beds and like, I immediately know, like, I can't sleep on this bed because I'm going to break this thing because (laughs) it was creaking so badly. Like this thing was about to break. And then we went back and looked at like the listing of the paperwork. And she had mentioned a few times about like, you know, these, you know, people have broken these beds in the past, like no rough, rough play. It's like rough housing or something. I was like, okay. Um, you know, she was like, apparently like football players, like broke the bed one time or something like that. Football players. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what those, what type of football team they're playing on. (laughs) Um, but, uh, and so, but I, I sit down on the bed and I go, I can't sleep on the bed. Like, cause like I'm, you know, I'm much bigger than, I'm much bigger than Abby. And like, there was no chance that like, I could sleep on that bed, especially not with her. Like, there would just be no way. Yeah. Because um, I was like, we're going to break this thing. Because it was like wood. It had like a wood underneath where the mattress was. But it was the type of wood where like, you're like, this thing's going to break any second. Oh, yeah. And same with the other bed that was there too. So we had decided. So both of us were like, we can't sleep on this bed. So I ended up sleeping on uh, the floor. Wow. And I gave Abby the couch. And that was kind of one of those things where like, it was okay for a weekend. But at the same time, it was like. How about the first, you know, first rule of renting out a house? How about you have beds that like yeah. is okay for people to be able to sleep on without worrying Functional about them breaking? Um, and then we were also worried because uh, when on our last day, because um, we had parked in the driveway, and at night on our last night there, another car, people that were staying above us, pulled in in the driveway directly behind <laughs> us, and I was thinking, I was like. Well, crap! Like we got to get up early and head out tomorrow morning. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen here if their car is behind us at six a.m. when we got to leave? Do I got to knock on the front door, on the top door, and be like, "Yo, you got to move your car"? Like you're yeah. you're parking me in. Now, luckily, it was okay. They were gone in the morning or something like that. You didn't it was have okay. any contact with the Airbnb person? No, not really. No, I mean, really? like we could. We there was a phone number we could contact, but it ended up being okay. But still, 
I mean, that's not a lot. That's not a big deal. That's not showing up to a shipping container. Yeah. But it was still one of those things where sometimes Airbnbs are not as advertised. Yeah, you know? I mean, every single time that I've used Airbnb, me and Jen have used Airbnb. Let me just stick in my head real quick. Yeah. One, two, three. I think we used it at least five or six times. Sure, sure. And every time has been a at least a success or a semi-success. Yeah. Because um, especially all the cameras around there that are filming you the whole time. <laughs> exactly. You're like, what is this thing looking at me yeah. for? Uh, why is that thing moving when I'm? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, why are those eyes in that painting moving? Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, basically, the I think the best Airbnb I've ever had was in Leesburg, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, it was like it was out like kind of like near wine country, Leesburg kind of thing. And this was like a couple of years ago, yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And it was somebody's you know older home or something like that. But their downstairs was like legit. They had a seventy inch TV, uh, full with Netflix, uh, Netflix, Hulu, everything. Yeah, um, full kitchen. They had, and it was during kind of like winter time. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, they had a full kitchen. They had a king size bed. You know, and it had like down mattresses and all Dang. that kind of stuff, and, and and like the goose feathers and all that kind of other <laughs> crap. Whatever the hell, the, the, it was a nice thing. But then they also had the the cool thing, which I want. That's like one of my dream things to have nowadays is to have a fireplace. But it was a it was one of the ones you put on the wall, mm-hmm. and it has like uh, I forgot what the like the LEDs that have like it looks like like legit fire and stuff like that. Oh, nice. And it has it's a heater. And yeah. it, you, you turn it on, it heats up a, like a bedroom, and like within like wow. ten minutes. So like wow. we turned it on low, and uh, has all. It, it looks pretty cool because it's, it's really yeah. you can you can make the di- like dim a little bit, so nice. it's like a nice little night light in there kind of thing. It was and it was like a big. I mean, it was awesome. They had it was cool because they had like a their bedroom door was like a barn door, so it like slid on the on the tracks and stuff like that. It's pretty legit. And, uh, yeah, a couple of my friends came in came and visited and stuff like that. This uh, is when Jen was in town one time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we, we sat there with chill and stuff like that. And me and Jen, like, that weekend, we kind of basically just hung out and played, like, Monopoly Deal, like, all weekend. Yeah. And just watched, like, TV and stuff like that. And uh, it was fun and stuff like that. So that was a, that was a good one. But uh, I've been to – that was a basement apartment. Um, so it is kind of creepy when you say, like, oh, there's the stairs to the people that are up, upstairs. Yeah, it was a little weird. Like, are they going to come down and murder us, yeah. like, in the middle exactly. of the Exactly. But there, then there was another one. I stayed in D.C., uh, that was another uh, basement apartment one yeah. I stayed in D.C., and that one uh, was in, like, a 100-year-old home, but they renovated the basement. Oh, okay. uh, because, hell no, I ain't going to stay in a 100-year-old. No. Not, not, no. Not, not in Jamestown. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, basically, uh, Williamsburg. But um, basically, uh, we, we went down there, and uh, we stayed down there because we were going to a Caps game and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we were staying there the night and stuff like that. So, basically, we, we went down there, and it was, it was nice. Like, they had – I mean, the TV situation was kind of kind of eh. But a 100-year home, it's not going to be a huge yeah. apartment. The TV um, at, the, at the place I told you about had lines going down oh, the no. screen. The whole, the oh, whole time. It was, it was a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that TV – Oh, that guy's got – Jeez, there's a wall there, dude. Uh, watching AFL Encore presentation. Um, but, uh, basically, that guy's dead, I think. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so that apartment was nice because, like I said, it wasn't going to be a huge place, but it was a nice little kitchenette, like like a decent size, like miniature kitchen and stuff like that. So it was a nice place, uh, probably like 500 square feet or something like that. But it was cool. I mean, everything that we had so far, when I went down to my to, to North Carolina with my aunt's uh, uh, wedding, they, we had a – it was like a above garage apartment. Mm-hmm. So, like, the people lived in their house, like, a, like a, a, you know, in front of the garage. It was okay. It was like – I mean, it was kind of weird decorating, but it was okay. They had, yeah. you know, nice Wi-Fi, full Netflix, all that kind of stuff. 
stuff. And that's like mine and Jen's like dream right now is to have an Airbnb at some point because um, that would be so much fun because you make a lot of money off yeah, that kind of stuff if you, do, if you do it right. Yeah. Uh, you don't have shipping containers on streets. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you can go for that route. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, if you want to whatever float your boat. But, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, I haven't really had any bad experience yeah, so far. Um, but I've heard some. Because like, when we ever get an Airbnb, we do our due diligence. And we do it early enough to the point where it's like we're not going to go in. Not, it's not going to be like a like a, like a teepee out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like it, it's something where you have to do your due diligence. You can't do it like, you know, four days ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Because you can check and see if there's something four days ahead of time and see if you can get a good price over their hotel. But uh, sometimes you just got to go the route of the hotel if you're doing, you know, short notice type of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to plan it out. Yeah. What's your story? What do you so got So my here? story is uh, from a couple months ago. Okay. The title is, of course, it's on Barstool. Um, the title is, The Dude Who Makes Harmless Videos on Pornhub Needs to Be Stopped. Oh, okay. I've seen this. Yeah. You have? Okay. So some of the titles that this, this nerdy guy, have you seen this nerdy guy? Look at his. Yes. Here. Yeah. So. Some of his titles on Pornhub. So Pornhub obviously is a site for porn, uh, if you didn't catch that drift. Um, and this guy is putting harmless videos on there because anybody can upload videos to that website. And sometimes, I don't know how much you can get paid for it. Uh, I guess it, maybe it's how, how much people click on it. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not super familiar so, with that. So, so I, I don't know. I just, what is the I, website again? I've never heard I've of never it. I've never heard of it before. <laughs> uh, something, something about a hub. Okay, um, gotcha. So uh, basically, uh, he has things on here that are like a minute or less. And uh, some of the titles are these. I do the dishes without being asked. Yeah. And it's like him just sitting there doing dishes, <laughs> smiling creepily at a camera. And then it says, uh, it's a POV, a point of view forehead kiss compilation. <laughs> okay. Um, another one says, I hug you and I say, I had a really good time tonight. And then I go home. <laughs> 12 second video. Um, uh, uh, oh, wow. This is a good one. This is probably the best one yet. It says, um, I, comma, your stepbrother. Declare, de- decline your advances, but I am flattered nonetheless. <laughs> I tell you, some of these, when I started the first time, I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's just pretty crazy. Um, this other one says, I shower and there's no funny business going on. Oh, my God. It's just like him like creepily just staring at something. It's just like, oh, this one says, I ride in a taxi and don't have sex with a driver. <laughs> oh, man. So some of these are just hilarious um, uh, for, for some of these. Uh, I, obviously, you can't read. I mean. If you read the article, it's a lot of cursing yeah. and a lot of sex, uh, you know, innuendos. And yeah, stuff whoa, like that. whoa, but, whoa, whoa, whoa. But we overall, a young audience here. But, uh, yeah, it is funny. So, yeah, he takes the, the route of putting these videos on a, a porn website, but the videos are not are completely harmless. They're yeah. all literally him like doing the dishes yeah, and stuff it's like, like that. Yeah, like smiling and stuff like and that. And it's funny because I think they've gotten like a ton of views too. Yeah, and he's just like a nice. I think he's British, right? Isn't he? Yeah, just, like, I think nice, it says. I think it was from like Finland or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. He's just one like of those nice foreign guy. countries. No, that's a great story because I think you're right. It's one of those things where. Probably no one's really ever thought of doing that yeah. for like you know a porn website putting up videos that are not porn whatsoever. They're yeah. just literally him just doing it's chores. Get paid for it too because oh, yeah. people to the site probably to, gets to, enough to views. Look at that. That's the funniest part of it all. No, that's hilarious. Oh man, yeah. Have you ever put up videos on a porn site? <laughs> um, uh, that's just, for next week. Just because we always like talk about whatever <laughs> we just discussed. Like we talked about the Airbnbs. <laughs> yeah, here's a discussion topic. That's the end of that uh, conversation. Yeah. Uh, no, that's it's it's funny. That's that's a good that's a good headline. That's a good place to go. Obviously, it's not really a great story. I mean, it's a great story. Just the, the it's headline, a good headline. But if you if, if I mean if you really feel so inclined to go read the story on Barstool, then go for it. But I go mean, for it. At the same time, we're not going to uh, advise that for younger audiences. For sure, for sure. But no, that's a that's a good uh, one. Um, so yeah, I guess what we'll do is uh, plan he, on. He told me he said he was gonna he's gonna let me know 
uh, about, about next weekend. No, about today, and I haven't got oh. a text back. From yeah, so. well, we're ending the show. So so. I, I guess that's a, that's going to be it for the DC crossover yeah. episode thirty-one. Uh, shout out to Rashad Mobley. Yeah, shout out to Shar- Rashad Mobley. Uh, didn't get it done today, but hopefully that's next right. week we can get it done. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll have to figure it out. I'm, I'm, he's texting me and stuff like that, so I'm, I'm trying to see if we can get something situated and uh, maybe maybe earlier this week we'll we'll say like, hey, you know, let's let's do it at five, and then we'll plan on that. Yeah, um, we'll figure it out. But or actually, next week I'm going to be out of town because it's Memorial Day weekend, right? That is Memorial Day weekend. Oh, so great. the two weeks. Thanks now. a lot. All right. Yeah. So, there yeah, we go. so so no show next weekend. Well, just because Monday I'll be gone as well because yeah. I'll be at Tigers game. So it's all right. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, and then we'll be back, which will give us plenty to talk about. We'll do a super super packed show. Yeah. That next weekend we'll we'll try to get Rashad. Well, well yeah, we'll have we'll have a bunch of weeks of yeah, uh, we'll have a lot and, of and stuff and to talk about. Too, so yeah. so yeah, so enjoy next weekend. Hope everybody has a great Memorial Day weekend. I hope you're getting a three-day weekend like us. Um, I'll yep. be at the Tigers-Orioles game on that Monday with my father. Nice. Um, fourth row Mr. behind Simpson. home plate watching two absolute garbage baseball teams. So it's going to be fun. Uh, but I will say the cool thing about Camden Yards is, like, the prices for, like, beers and hot dogs are pretty cheap there. Really? They've, like, lowered them to make them, I've like... I've been to a ball, a ball game at Camden Yards forever. And I did read that the what the key there is get the large, whatever the large cup is for the beer, not the smaller cup, because while it's more expensive... Two of the smaller cups don't fill it. Don't fill the large one. So you ah. get the large one, and it's only like a buck or two don't more. You, don't you love that when people go out there and they actually test those things? Oh, it's great. They're it, like they're like okay, they're doing like the increments, like yeah. the ounces. Like they're okay, twenty two ounces, fourteen ounces. Yeah, because they <laughs> tested it. They tested. <laughs> they're doing it. algorithms. I, want, I saw the, I saw the <laughs> video on Facebook or something where somebody went to Camden Yard. So I was like, all right, this is really helpful for me. So now I know when I go with my dad on that Monday, uh, I'll get the big one. I'll, I, I'll drink a couple big ones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've done that before, where you sit in line and you see the you see what kind of ounce beer it is or or ounce drink whatever yeah. it may be because it's always it's not, it's not usually like a pint or a regular it's, it's there's always something different thing yeah. like a souvenir cup or something like that <laughs> i always am in line like literally googling how much is this so i can mm-hmm. compare it to something else and i i want to get my you gotta fill, be you know? smart you gotta be economical especially for orioles tigers games you're not really gonna be wanted to remember that so <laughs> uh so that'll be what i'm doing next weekend you're gonna be traveling yeah. so you know everybody I'll be out of town getting some good grub in oak Ooh. city maryland oh yeah oh solid oceans oc yeah. well baby. my parents have a beach house down yeah. there so you got you got to go there. We got to do a live show from there sometime. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, well, our, our next live show. What do we say? I think we said it for the NBA draft or something. Like yeah, something in July. We'll have to we'll, figure we'll it out. In July. It, it'll be yeah. It'll be probably next uh, next month or the next couple of months, something like that. We'll figure it out. So, we'll keep you guys updated. But some, again, yep. Uh, Rashad Mobley. Hopefully, uh, we'll have him on. Maybe maybe sometime this in week. June, we'll, we'll figure out. Something. I don't know. We'll figure. We'll have to figure something out because yeah. uh, obviously the timing on this on weekends are kind of tough and stuff like that. That's yeah, all right. Um, we'll do more of a draft preview show maybe in June with him and kind of get into some of that stuff you'll you will have a couple weeks of Nats baseball while we're gone uh, series against the Mets home against the Marlins you, then you got uh, back on the road two games in Atlanta two games or three games set against Cincinnati and then we'll be right around then when we'll be doing the show again probably on June 2nd so June we will second. see you guys in a few weeks no doubt about it DC crossover episode number 31 definitely check us out on all social media outlets at the DC crossover on Twitter interact with Ben on their DC crossover podcast on Facebook and also DC crossover.com definitely check out all of our articles on there I know me and Ben are probably going to try to push out a few articles yeah, this week right before the Memorial week. Day weekend. Uh, so definitely check out for that. We'll try to pump out maybe three or four uh, combined on this week. Yeah. Uh, but ov- overall, uh, it's going to be going to be a fun next weekend. Again, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Definitely check us out again for the podcast on all the podcasts and apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music. Happy Memorial Day week, everybody. 
that's that fire. 